right, three, two, one. Fuck this movie. I'm not even going to quote it. I hate this shit. All right. Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll censor that one. It might be in the first eight seconds, just so we don't get mon- demonetized. Oh, no, that was a good intro. I love that. <laughs> yeah, let's... Okay. Yeah, fuck that shit. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I was I was about to look up at a quote. I was like, I don't respect this. What quote? <laughs> mm. Damn. We're going on the an adventure? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. All right. Yeah, Setting the tone. Sanity went on an adventure and never came back. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Is so here? you watch the extended ones for this? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm Ralph. <laughs> I unfortunately watched the extended ones. Yeah. Yeah. So so did I. I'm Ralph. I watched the extended cuts. I feel the same way. I'm Alex Raichi, and uh, I, I didn't actually watch the extended ones for this viewing, but I've seen the extended versions um, once or twice before around when they came out. So. Uh. It's not. It wouldn't be a new thing for me anyway. Yeah, The Hobbit, guys. Nice. Another we trilogy did it. episode. We got here. I wonder if I could just add like a few seconds to the beginning of the video before the intro starts of just nothing. <laughs> I bet I could. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't there count as the first eight <laughs> seconds of the video if you just shift, shift everything over. You know what's really funny? They're at, at a certain point in time when they started doing the... Um, the demonetize uh and like manual text. best of language yeah 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 like th- this has been going on for a while um but uh as a gay boy i there were some old uh gaming channel videos where i used the f slur ah <laughs> uh, yes because i guess i'm allowed to and it was like right at the beginning of like one of the videos uh, um <laughs> and it was you know in context it was like a funny thing and i was like how do i get this monetized how do i get this monetized and uh, I basically just put like two hours of like a still image and and the word test and nothing at the beginning of my video and then sent it for approval for monetization and it got confirmed suitable for monetization and then I used the YouTube editor to cut out the first two hours. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can do that yeah. anymore though. That was a... That was a particular moment in time where... <laughs> yeah. No, but some of the like, little tricks people do to get around this, like, you know, uploading like 10 copies of the same video and like just going with whichever one gets the green first. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand really what the rules even are. Because, yeah, it used to kind of be the... As long as there's no swearing in that first kind of like 30 second range, you, you'd be all right. Uh-huh. But it seems to have like changed recently in the past few weeks. Or yeah, I'll more, have to more read stringent. all that. Certain words seem to be shit. like yeah. graded as more intense or whatever, and will flag things. And I don't know, man. It's such a nightmare trying to keep track of. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I, like a lot of people were complaining about the swearing in the first eight seconds, but I thought it was thirty seconds before that. Like that's what I so, thought. Too. Is it eight seconds yeah. now? Yeah, oh. I think it's like only eight seconds. I think it's like not as. I don't know if it's more restricted or less. I'm just. <laughs> I know people are complaining. Yeah, and that there's changes in so, things. So yeah. The intro song is five seconds long, so you can have like three seconds of quiet, and then you say the thing. That would be fine. How about just like three seconds of me staring at the camera? Yeah, that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we Your got it. Your of the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. I'll make sure to comply with the guidelines. You know what's really funny about that? Like the two hours of nothing that I cut out? Like technically, technically... On their end, it says that it was manually reviewed. So if there was something objectionable in the video, even in the last 
15 minutes of the two hour and 15 minute long video. Like technically, <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong because according to YouTube, they went through the whole video, right? So when they say manual review, what does that actually mean? Like genuinely? It means nothing. What yeah. <laughs> by who? <laughs> yeah. And what are they who manually doing? reviewed it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't believe it for a second. By what criteria? Yeah. Right. They skipped through it like like me and Oscar what, movies. Was it Susan? <laughs> Did Susan review it? Manually. I hope so, yeah. yeah. Every single video right. uploaded to YouTube. All right, so yeah. if anybody's curious about our takes on uh, the Oscar nominations, we're going to talk about that next episode. We got a pretty long episode in front of us with three films. Uh, yeah, extended trilogy. Which ones take of us long... watched the extended versions first of all? I I did. Well, we all we all did. Alex said, but like, oh, we all did. Yeah, okay. epi- these episodes take like a whole. Yeah. When we talk about trilogies, it takes like a whole episode. It's very dense. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. So let's get. Let's just jump into it. Yeah. Should we do this? Let's, let's jump let's into you it. Beautiful then. bastards. Who wants to describe like the the plot synopsis of the first one? Well, it's Alex's fault. Yeah. So. I guess it's my. Uh, I'll, I'll take the responsibility. <laughs> it's his fault. Of forcing you guys to watch what like twelve hours of uh, Hobbit <laughs> uh, movies, but yeah, let's let's rewind to 2012. Yeah, post the success of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, MGM and a couple other uh, studios wanted more money uh, with what content from the Tolkien universe was left. And obviously the big, the the eye uh, peered over to the the innocent little kids book being The Hobbit, the the one that started it all, the one that Tolkien wrote as a, a children's book for his children at the time. So it has a kind of kiddie, lighter tone than the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy we know. Um, for sure. So immediately yeah. there's, I don't know, there's a bunch of just conflicting creative ideas and all these different hands in the pot all with different motivations and ideals. And yeah, it all starts with that 2012 Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Uh, all three of them directed by Peter Jackson as the original trilogy was. Same writers, even mm-hmm. Fran Walsh comes back, Philippa Boynes and Peter Jackson. And a lot of the crew, as far as the special effects, um, with Weta Workshop and a bunch of that, the people that were responsible for The Lord of the Rings being as good as it is, were there, but... I <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess we can get into the details of it because it's, it's not as simple as just one one small thing. Um, so yeah, what do we think of, the, of an unexpected journey? Because I feel like for for me, top level, these Hobbit movies, there's obviously not enough content for a trilogy. Um, right. try, trying to Lord of Rings, Lord of the Rings, if I the Hobbit just is a bad mm-hmm. creative like stem to stall this from like it just, yeah the more you think about it the less sense it makes but i do think the films get worse as they go along like i think unexpected <laughs> journey is the strongest and I, I don't think it's a total wash there is like some good stuff in here each movie yeah. has at least i don't know one okay scene or i think they have a, st- a stronger density of good scenes uh starting off and it gets lesser and lesser as these films go on but uh <laughs> Yeah, it's been interesting revisiting these movies because around the time they came out, I was quite into them. Um, I was, I like being able to revisit the because the you know the Lord of the Rings trilogy is the like the holy grail of like nerd content, as it were, and being able to revisit is 
and was kind of fun in 2012, being a bit younger and less critical of things. But mm-hmm. watching it now, um, yeah, a lot of notes, a lot of notes uh-huh. on this one. Yeah, yeah, same. You're right about it not, you know, not being enough material to make three movies out of. Because it, it, like with the Lord of the Rings, those books are long. They were actually condensing stuff it, that actually worked better. Because here you can tell the extended versions were justified. Sure, here you can yeah. tell what they added. It's like so obvious. They're like, oh, that stuff can be cut out. That's stuff that's just like it's prequel stuff for Lord of the Rings. Basically, it's set up for Desolation of Smog, which they they have. You know, all this stuff comes back, Saruman and whatever. Yeah, it's just like I don't yeah. know. It's, the movie's too fucking long. I felt like I was watching the extended cut um, the first time I saw it, you know, in the theater, <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. so long. And there's not much of a difference. I did note, like, the differences between the two cuts. Yeah. There's not much of a difference between the, the extended one. cut and the regular cut of the first one. Yeah, Unexpected Journey. It's like 15 minutes. Yeah. There's, like, a couple extra scenes and stuff. There's more of a difference in, like, Desolation of Smog and the the third one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It does feel too long. People complain about these being three movies. I don't even have like an issue with that, really. Like people said they should have been yeah. two. I think it works <laughs> fine as three. Like three 30 minute movies. Three like short, yeah, three like, you know, 90 minute movies three or like YouTube maybe videos. two hours. Well, sure. I, I kind of like the structure of them. This, they're kind of cool, which we'll get into maybe later on. Like I like the cliffhanger, like in the second one. And, but yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the pacing, and also I heard about some like production trouble behind the scenes. Um, like I think the pre-production was very rushed, and yeah, you're exactly I think you right. Kind of tell uh, what, uh, watching. D- yeah, the big drama was that Del Toro was originally lined up to do mm-hmm. uh, yeah. two Hobbit movies, part one, part two. Um, they they sunk I think a year and a half worth of time into pre-production with Guillermo, but then because of all these like acquisitions and mergers and MGM like going bankrupt or something. All of these like moving parts made it mm-hmm. so he wasn't willing to sacrifice the time that it would have taken for this project to eventually get moving under him still being there. So it like just eventually worked out with Peter Jackson having to return, even with all the bad blood that sat there with he was like suing New Line or something because of like residuals from so like a crazy complicated situation. And <laughs> the ultimate kind of result is a a, a trilogy of movies that had, th- I think it was three months pre-production time. So they were basically doing a lot of stuff and making it up as they were going along, as opposed to, I think it was close to four years pre-production they had uh, for that original Lord of the Rings trilogy. And the, yeah. the difference is night and day. And you can see it mm-hmm. just on that alone. Mm-hmm. like Exactly. You can tell, like, especially as the movies go along, they do feel more rushed. I noticed more so in yeah. the third one. The effects felt very rushed and... Yeah, there's an over-reliance on CGI because they didn't have time to make all those sets yeah. and props like they did in Lord of the Rings. And yeah. Even just in scenes like indoors, in the same locations that we've seen in the original, like it's supposed to be evoking the same emotions. What's crazy about this is like, this is kind of like a nostalgia bait movie before we really got into the decade of nostalgia bait. This is like one of the earlier ones. And so when I watched it in theaters when I was younger, I didn't really have 
I guess, the sense for it, or maybe I wasn't as familiar with the Lord of the Rings movies, but I could definitely, you know, now after having seen the original trilogy so many times and now being in this culture of, like, references and, like, member berries, I saw so mm-hmm. much of it. And even in yep. those scenes where it's like, okay, yeah, Gandalf, like, oh, hits his head on the fucking thing in, in his house or whatever, even in those scenes, they still they still do this annoying thing where instead of using forced perspective... They have them in front of a green screen and it's like, okay, well, the movie 10 years ago (laughs) did some really cool shit (laughs) and it's just people in a room, right? It's not anything complicated that justifies the use of a green screen. This is just rushed and lazy and it looks worse noticeably. The lighting is off, you know, like you shouldn't be able to tell that that's what's happening and it gives you such a better appreciation for the original uh, trilogy Mm -hmm. and just all the craftsmanship and coordination and planning sure that went into it it's like in yeah. ian mckellen was sad like filming those scenes because you know he was I in heard. a green screen room he was alone with you know he wasn't on yeah. set with those guys when he was like sad about it i'm like yeah, oh, yeah. So it hurts the performance too even when you get down to that kind sure. of level um because uh, mm-hmm. obviously like the that original lord of the rings trilogy the whole like behind the scenes stuff that's on that were on those dvds and whatnot like this expansive like a bunch of how-tos and what they were doing um they did do a similar thing for these hobbit movies each one of them has like hours and hours worth of surprisingly kind of candid uh behind the scenes stuff and yeah as you're saying there is all this stuff of like just these decisions of having to split it up and peter jackson clearly like being miserable and (laughs) just the, the the candor of the the cast as like they they don't know when they're filming uh, the the first movie. Like it was only a few months before that first movie even came out, an unexpected journey that they decided to split it into three movies. So that clearly, like all all these different strings were like mm-hmm. going in different directions, pulling this project every which way. And it's like yeah. it's just like a mess overall. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people talk about like the behind the scenes troubles with this movie. I also watched, in addition to these three movies, I watched the animated one. Is it Ralph Bakshi? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did? How did you find it? I didn't get the time yeah. to do it. I've never seen the Bakshi. I, I watched that just to compare, like, the pacing, because I thought, man, these are so slow. No, like, I wonder how he told that story. Was it Ralph Bakshi? Or? Ralph no, Bakshi probably. did it was, right? the, Lord <laughs> the, the Lord of the Rings animated one, but the Hobbit yeah. one was made by two other people. There were two Hobbit movies made by two other people, and it's. But was he like involved in it, like uh, producer, n- something like that? It's, it, I thought it was Ralph Bakshi too, but I think that there was like some weird dispute between them, like a lawsuit. So I don't oh, think he was. I'll have oh, to look okay. it up, but it was directed by two it's other. It's a similar, yeah, like it's in the style, yeah, yeah, animation yeah, yeah. style. You know, the animation style. Yeah, so it's yeah. pardon me. Yeah, like you know confusing it or whatever mm-hmm. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. um but like right like in this movie it, it takes like 40 minutes for them to get out of bilbo's house and go on the adventure of like all of beating each other and, and uh. that in the animated one it literally takes like five minutes and they're out of the house it's like crazy <laughs> yeah like you're night and day like oh my god it, yeah. it's it's so it's so much better pathetic especially when you watch all three <laughs> of the films in terms of like what they're setting up and how these things function because all of that time that they're spending in the house, what what it seems like the implication of what they're doing is, is developing these dwarf characters and giving them more screen time. But you don't know any of them. Yeah. Exactly. Tell me, I don't know any by of them. By the end of the third movie... Characterizing them, yeah. Sorry. The only character's name I knew by the end of the third movie was Bofer. 
<laughs> Deer's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> no, that's what's so, so strange about it, because it is like nine plus hours of content, but like what characters and stories do you really remember from the trilogy? Because it's like a fair amount actually kind of happens, but the, the structure of the story is like where it really just doesn't make sense or work. Cause in the Hobbit, it's kind of just this, this string of like vignettes of like, Oh, the, the troll thing now. And then there's the goblin King and the, the elves yeah, the in the woods. And there's nothing really <laughs> that's like, it's not like the, the adventure is, is kept cohesive, like Lord of the Rings, where it has way no. more of like a distinct kind of structure per each one of those big books. And like each one of them has like a big set piece towards the end and it like flows a certain way, but it's, it just doesn't, makes sense with the Hobbit movies to split it up that way. And then you have these weird issues where having to split that, that small story up into this trilogy means you get these, yeah, these strange, uneven movies where it, it kind of rears its ugly head towards the end of an unexpected journey. Um, and there's just a recurring problem in each one of the kind of final acts where they have like a big set piece of some, some kind, whether it be, the 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 trees on the mountainside and the wolves in an unexpected journey or um that scene in smaug where uh the dwarves like reactivate the smelting thing and build this whole gold statue and it's all just like filler basically um yeah and it just bogs <laughs> down the whole story and it just feel, and it's so frustrating because it's like as someone who's a fan of like the quaintness of that original hobbit book and seeing like how some of the scenes do translate it well, like if we're talking about an unexpected journey, the the, the golem scene is is pretty much perfect down to the dialogue and everything. Yeah, and yes, that, scene. that was the standout scene for the movie for me. Excellent scene. Yeah, yeah. And it is it is like a little yeah. a little taste of what it could have been if they could have mm -hmm. reeled back this project and kind of what's in the title like it's it's not the lord of the rings like the, the name implies like something broad and big and epic it's the hobbit it's it's about yeah, one it's little character and it's like yeah the fun of this this tiny little guy going into this great big world uh -huh. and everything he learns from going out into it um yeah little people big world <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like, those are the best parts of the movie is like just following Bilbo because he's a great character. And I loved Martin Freeman in the movie. He I was thought great his performance casting. was yeah. excellent. I, absolutely. Yeah. He worked because really before well I didn't really know him as like anything. I'm like, oh, he's the guy from like the British office or whatever. Mm. But here I'm like, no, he's a great actor. He, he was such a great character in this movie. I love following him. Those are the best parts of the movie is when it's focused on his journey. You know, that unexpected journey and that yeah. perspective, but they just get lost in this Lord of the Rings prequel crap. Yeah. Um, Nearly yeah. every time the point of view shifts from uh, Martin Freeman, it, it suffers. And that, that definitely comes more sure. apparent in Desolation, where suddenly you're breaking away to have these scenes of Legolas. You're breaking away to have this like necromancer subplot and all this kind of like fluff from uh, the appendices of Lord of the Rings. It's like, okay, I guess technically this stuff is like going on in the timeline and in the law, but it does just feel like you, you're shoving this in to justify the trilogy, trilogy to justify the scope and, and this approach when just something intimate and would have just been so much more suitable for this story and could have like, mm. they'd have to put the greed aside, which I know like is just... <laughs> impossible and would never happen with when we're talking about franchises and 
<laughs> you know, big yeah. trilogies of this scope and scale. Cause I just get kind of hung up on the whole thing of like, man, when these movies were being made, like Peter Jackson, even after making the Lord of the Rings trilogy, wasn't, he couldn't swing his balls around enough and kind of say like, I need more time for this or like, he did, like that's that, how, yeah, that's weird. But I, yeah, yeah, I guess the, just the, an unfortunate reality and shouldn't be surprising at the same time. That's the thing. Like, yeah. Whereas when you hear about the, the complicated like business, but like, you, you can understand it from that level, but then yeah. we own you. I don't know. Fucking Frank Darabont and AMC and you know, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even matter how much you prove yourself. You know, creating the most successful property that the studio has ever seen. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, you can't have the resources to, to make it <laughs> like you did last time. We're trying to mm-hmm. save money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we reward them by seeing it in theaters. <laughs> the pure numbers Good game job. of it probably did work out in their favor. Like just the Battle of Five Armies, if I look at its gross world yeah, it's worldwide, nine hundred and sixty two million. And that's like mm, obscene nice. for that movie alone. So like they're making billions off this franchise, but it's I don't know, it's it seems short sighted, you know, because it's surely it's best for everyone if you have a product as good as something like The Lord of the Rings where this is gonna stay in pop culture for decades and decades and it's Here's- gonna kind of <laughs> I guess they don't have the patience or the foresight for that. Here's the sad reality about this is that it doesn't even matter if the Hobbit stays in the culture because they can sell it alongside the Lord of the Rings in box sets. It'll still continue to sell like hotcakes. There will still be (laughs) so many people that even if they weren't sold as a box set, they would feel compelled to watch and continue them because of its association with the other better films. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't even, it's not even short sighted financially, really. They could be the biggest pieces of shit ever and people will still continue buying them and watching them, right? (laughs) Yeah, but there's Lord of the Rings fans who are going to love them no matter what. There's a fan base for this movie. They they still like it. I think it has positive reviews except the last one. I mean, really, I Um, think that there was a bit more hype when it was coming out in theaters. I think it was one of... you, You remember how like everybody pretended to like Suicide Squad when that came out? No, nobody does. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like one of yeah. those. I think it's this, yeah, that was funny. Let's, let's let's coin this. The, the suicide first one squad was like effect. a big deal when it came out. Yeah, but like the second one, I don't know many people who like saw the second one in theaters. I know like tons. Everyone saw the first one, um, but then they just kind of dropped off after that. I mean, I, guess I think they all very made a lot of money theatrically. I watched all of them <laughs> yeah. in theaters. Well, they yeah, they all did well. I just mean like the conversation around them. They just kind of like. Out of fizzled like out, out in terms yeah. of like culture, nothing to yeah. talk about really. Because the- <laughs> yeah, unlike Lord of the Rings, where those like got better, yeah. <laughs> arguably as they went along. Yeah, true. Yeah, it wasn't a eleven Oscar win <laughs> for Battle right. of the Five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, just, yeah. Um, right, right. I would like to uh, bring up the uh, forty-eight frames per second yes uh, oh yeah yeah that, that was a big deal I, I think this is like the first the movie. Films. Yeah, it was definitely the first high frame rate films that I I had seen. That's how I'd watch them in theaters. Mm -hmm. But I did not watch them this way at home. I don't even know if the UHD Blu-rays do 48 frames per second at home. I don't even know if they... Mm -hmm. Could turn the motion smooth thing on if you... True. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You could just do that. It's the same effect. Yeah, I don't get it for this. Well... I mean, Personally. what's weird about it is I feel like 
I was a lot more charitable to these films partially because of that. Because as I was watching in 48 frames per second, there would be so many shots where I'm like, okay, that looks weird. But it's probably because I'm not used to the high frame rate. And so I'd make those excuses in my head, yeah. mm. which is, it's it's a normal excuse to make. I'm, I'm, you know, relatively charitable sometimes, I think. Maybe people would disagree. But, uh, <laughs> like, now I'm watching them not in 48 frames per second. And I'm like, oh, that shot looks bad because it's a bad effect. That shot looks yeah. like that's just clunky animation. That's just bad lighting. That's just it not feeling like it's a part of the environment. That has nothing to do with the frame rate. And so, yeah, I was a bit more charitable towards it. Uh, all three of these films where they came out in theaters because of things like that. And also, I think just, mm-hmm. I don't know, like the spectacle and, you know, the sound and the theater and, you know, just seeing something in that type of environment and having the fan and hype culture surrounding it can really influence, uh, I guess, both expectations and the experience in some way, you know? Yeah, well, I can factor that into my rating, too, to some extent. Like, yeah, if people are excited about it, it's a good theater experience. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would rate a movie higher based on that. Like, when we see movies in festivals, people are excited. I'm sure that has some impact on their ratings or whatever. Yeah, it depends on the movie. Yeah, but in terms... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to (laughs) say. There's just, like, so much to talk about with these, you know? But I feel like the actual movies themselves, like, the story isn't that interesting. It's more like the the behind-the-scenes stuff that's interesting about it. And, like, yeah, comparing it, like, to the extended ones or so on. I feel like you are kind of touching on this earlier, I think, Ralph, where the the three-movie thing didn't need to kind of pull it down as much as it did if they actually acted on, like, a bunch of the setups they they lay down, especially in an unexpected journey. It's mostly a bunch of setups they're setting up, like, what the goal for the characters are and where they're going and, you know, they've got the division yeah. between certain characters and there's clearly, like, some room or growth as to, like, what Adam was saying, where you assume that it's going to be about, like, the bond between the Hobbit and this this lowly group of dwarves, which they've clearly put a lot of kind of passion into giving them all, like, unique silhouettes and different, like, costume designs and all the different facial hair and they've got, like, the different families where they've got like the hot dwarves which are clearly have more <laughs> lines of dialogue because uh, <laughs> they don't have like beards covering <laughs> yeah. their mouths all the way yeah, to like the chad the, dwarves the <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ones who just look like normal guys right yeah they're that just was like, like who have yeah. love triangles yeah chads and <laughs> yeah yeah and then the insult so dwarves, like bomber on the other end who's just kind of there for comedy and uh-huh yeah, but if, right. it, if it just could have like followed through or done something, because they, they, they kind of throw all these like ideas out there and things that kind of are improvements in adapting that that original book, The Hobbit, being like just adding little MacGuffins like the, the Ark in Stone, for example. That's like a big thing in the movie, and it's like it has some kind of dwarven right to rule if you hold this stone. And I don't think it was in the book because like – Thing in the book, like they, they they have such they've got like no plan really to the point where when they get to Smog, they just kind of like just go in one after another, just like getting one piece of gold and just kind of like funneling it out in like the least efficient yeah. way possible. So there was like there were yeah. obviously things that needed to be kind of like tweaked and like stakes needed to be raised in a certain way. But then if you have something like the Arkenstone, which is like this key plot element, it's just a certain point in the story where it just like stops being imp- important. 
like <laughs> like the, the bard gets a hold <laughs> sure. of it he offers it up and for this like conflict between the three sides or whatever and then like it just goes nowhere and you never see it again it's never brought up again and it's like the same for a yeah. bunch of like different elements of the story like that like just all the stuff yeah. they had to add in the, the radagast in the, in the woods with his rabbits pulling stuff around and a big one for me is the the kind of villain of the movie because I guess they felt the need to add yeah something to get, like be chasing the main group of characters to keep the tension up so they have this mm-hmm. this guy Azog the Defiler um, who I, I don't think was I think he was kind of made for the movies one of these kind of characters like the, this character like did exist at some point in the timeline but he was supposed to be like killed or whatever but they made him this this lead antagonist he's got he's got beef with the uh, thorin and that's supposed to be like the one of the threads over the trilogy is like him like yeah i guess that's the issue is the thread is just bare there's there's nothing to this azor character i find it so so boring and annoying every time you cut to him and his crew and whatever they're doing in the background and how it's like yeah, he's the mustache twirling guy who screams every line. He kills his own men because he's that scary. Um, and yeah, it just goes mm-hmm. nowhere. It has no like grunt to it. And what he, he just wants to kill the dwarves because, <laughs> just because really, because he's, he's a bad defiler. guy. Yeah, because he's bad. Because he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a bad guy. orc. He's going to defile yeah. those dwarves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh, so I, w- I watched this uh, trilogy with Gael, who is a huge Lord of the Rings nerd, and he had never mm. seen these trilogies before. And so there was some oh, really, man. you know, interesting information I was able to get from him. So, you know, he'd be watching a scene like the the big troll fight scene and he'd r- remind me like that was just <laughs> that was just like Bilbo telling a tiny bit of a story in like one of the other books, right? And mm-hmm. part of what you ruin by showing that whole thing is it kind of takes away the uh, possibility of just him being like a typical unreliable narrator or him like having exaggerated yeah. the story and that's not what happens. Or, but now you're just showing it and so it's like, okay, like I guess that that's what's happened, you know? When they see the giant trolls at the campfire, that scene? Yeah. That-, that was also a weird oh, okay. scene for me because it, it seemed to be one of the first really obvious spots for me where the lack of communication between departments was like really showing. So there would be a point mm-hmm. where the troll would say like, uh, one of them would be like, grab him. And the other one would be like, he's too quick. But when the troll says he's too quick, that's before he tried grabbing Bilbo. It's before Bilbo was running. And so you have that line there where in the context of the script, you would want that line to be after you show him being quick or them trying to grab him. But he instead says it before any of that takes place. And I'm just like, wow, that's like a, that just seems like not having a cohesive vision between departments. And then people did their jobs technically, but nobody communicated with each other (laughs) about like why, why that wouldn't work. And everybody was, is just expected to finish their jobs and they did it. And now it looks weird. Yeah. The giant troll things like, it's like the same scene in the, uh, in the animated one. Mm -hmm. Like we're built. Actually it is the, the difference is kind of funny. So in the Peter Jackson one, they like take his ponies or something, right? They take the hob, yeah, they yeah. take the dwarves 
horses and then Bilbo goes to get them back. In the in the animated one, Bilbo finds the giant trolls or whatever and he he jacks their shit. He just steals. <laughs> yeah, he tries to like burgle them. He burgles. Right? He's like, I'm gonna burgle them. And then they catch him. <laughs> it's like so they're like they were trying to make him like a little more likable. I guess that made sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I actually I didn't mind that scene so much because that's to me that's kind of like what I wanted from a Hobbit movie. It's like a lighthearted like Bilbo comes in, they fight some silly troll eat. goblin things, or, and then like they the, the all the dwarves come in, they fight them, and then Gandalf like re- releases the sunlight and <laughs> they freeze. Like those scenes are fun. The scene where like the rock monsters are throwing rocks at them as they're trying to get like across that cliff like that was fun it's like you know it's an adventure movie i want to see them like run into fun characters and do fun things and the the movie just really drags whenever it's not focused on bilbo and those things happening yeah or, or they do a thing where they consistently they'll, they'll stumble across or be on the right lines and just be doing something beat for beat exactly how it needs to be done and should be done but they just don't know when to stop like they just keep going they keep elaborating on a thing like the troll scene for example like it's 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 really good and fun and has the like silliness of like sneaking around and then it has to turn into like a big action scene and just like keep uh, building and building and building and like spectacle and it's a it's a problem with a lot of the action in these movies where it's kind of like gimmick action that doesn't really feel like it has a purpose in the story no. a lot of it or um to just feels there for spectacle's sake yeah, because like a big blockbuster has to have it, and it's not enough to have like the spiders or the trolls in and of itself. Like that also yeah. has to be a huge scene where they're running down bridges in the goblin temple or whatever, and there's like a yeah. million things moving at once. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when, yeah, when like the actual like good spectacle is like just Bilbo having a conversation with a CG goblin. You know, like that. That's that mm-hmm. is the heart of it, and what it sh- what is fun about this story, not the big silly spectacle that's that's i know you said you just liked the um the big mountain guys that are like punching each other that's more one kind of like an example of what i'm talking about where it feels like it just i think that's like one line in in like the book like it's like really like yeah (laughs) mentioned like it's yeah they weren't like exactly described like that necessarily right this whole movie is indulgent it's just like every little thing is dragged out they're searching under every nook and cranny for possible source material to turn into something just to squeeze that dry like everything from like fucking cimmerillion and all this other shit they're like please we have to find something we can use to make this story justify the length of three movies and they did it (laughs) But I mean, it's not mm-hmm. justified, but they they managed to do something, I guess. But it's yeah. like there's continuous problems that just keep coming up with that come as a result kind of of that needless spectacle, like in that big stone monster thing. You you could like derive kind of a, a fun sequence out of that, but it's the, it comes at the expense of like any kind of tension for the characters like it's a real thing in this movie in particular where these these dwarves they be slammed into the side of mountains while like sitting on the knee of a mountain giant and like everyone's cool and fine like the, it, it feels like the it's like a kind of weightless like the they're crushed by the goblin king for like a comedic beat and it's like 
I, I see what you're you're trying to you're trying to lighten the the tone to I guess be more in line with the light-hearted original story, but when you also have like these super serious like building up the Lord of the Rings and trying to treat this as if it's the same kind of caliber of importance as that story, it mm-hmm. just like really creates an inconsistent tone that's like all over the place. Mm-hmm. It does. It does feel inconsistent. We should probably move on to the next film pretty soon. Uh, I will just say uh, <laughs> the music goes a long way. And this is something that oh, yeah. is very different from the Lord of the Rings show. Uh, sorry, the Ring, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, where they only had <laughs> Howard Shore for the uh, opening song. In this film, this, this trilogy, they actually had him compose the entire thing. And it goes a long way, you know, just to have that feeling uh as john favreau would put it you could put up crayon drawings <laughs> and still cry if you're reminded <laughs> of those other films you know you're reminded of the experiences yeah. that you fondly remember the, from the original trilogy so you know is it manipulative in some ways yes all art is manipulative uh to some degree um but yeah it it works and i'm, I'm glad that they did that at least uh not the worst film ever made for the first one. Yeah, and the new songs for like the dwarves and stuff. I like a bunch of the new compositions they did. Um, Got to shout yeah. out the uh, that Lindsay Ellis uh, video though. Uh, oh yeah, that she too. points out just in the in the in the uh, in the production of splitting up the film from two into three. There are like clearly moments where they've had to like plug in songs from. Like using compositions from the original trilogy, where like it it doesn't mm-hmm. copy paste like, make sense. Yeah, where like it was like I think mm-hmm. the Ring Ray theme is like plugged in. Yeah, for like Thorin. We those kind of stood like, out to me. Yeah, weird, just mm-hmm. weird little things like that where it's clear like, yep, they had a, like a, probably a couple weeks to do something with the music in this added scene. Let's just get this done, <laughs> and that's yeah. how it feels. Setting up yeah. like a, a clearly established context for a musical theme throughout the first trilogy, and then yeah. using it in a completely different context and it's like okay well you've you've musically you've set up rules and expectations for how these things are that's what a theme is you play it under like a certain context and if there's all of a sudden no point to it and you're just playing the song again like what the hell it's not a theme anymore (laughs) it's just a song you know yeah not not the worst movie ever ratings uh i give this one a a high five out of 10, completely detached from the other two movies on its own. Just high five is what I gave it. It's there's some, you know, there's some good things about it. It's not the most boring thing ever. Good casting, but kind of fucking disappointing. Not in any way comparable to the original trilogy in terms of quality, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I agree. It's not a bad movie. It could have been much better though. I give the first ones a three star Three stars out of five stars. Yeah, so that's no, six I'm right out there of 10. with you, Ralph, with the, the uh, six out of ten, three star rating. Yeah, it's it's okay. It could have been um, kind of expanded on, and yeah, the payoffs and setups actually like go somewhere or mean something. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just too much going on. It's just the wrong angle to take. Um, but it doesn't really start kind of falling apart for me until you get into that next movie more so so i think it's it's fine it does the job there's 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 more of what i liked about that lord of the rings trilogy in this one kind of a bit more genuine heart than uh the other two to me yeah 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, still not like, yeah, it doesn't come close to that original trilogy. So One year later. Uh, the Desolation of Smaug. How do you say it? Is it Smaug or Smog? Smaug. I don't know. How do you say it? Because I say everything okay. wrong anyway. So then when you go into Tolkien words, I'm even more hopeless. So. I think it might be Smaug. 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 I think that's it. I don't think it matters. Yeah. Do you remember the controversy? Do any of you remember the controversy over the difference between a dragon and a wyvern? No. Uh, what to do with this movie? What is that? Yeah, because apparently it's not a dragon. Yeah, really? What's the canonical difference? The Whether or not the arms are attached to the wings, or it has wings and another set of arms. So apparently what is shown in this oh. movie, the design is not a dragon, it's a wyvern. And a p- bunch of people were really mad about it. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. I, did, okay. I never yeah, knew that. That was a big controversy. I had no idea. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess uh, yeah, there are probably bigger problems with the movie than that one. Because that's one of the, the few things I actually like about this movie is um, that Smaug introduction more so. Just, just, just more so how they kind of like build him up. And like, you know, uh-huh. like, the, like the song in the first movie where they're singing about how he destroyed that, that, that little city. And he's built up well, I think. Um, and the performance is really yeah. fun. But getting there, man. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> But yeah, the smog scene is great. It's like the equivalent of the golem scene. Yeah. Oh, in like the first one. Yeah, I can't believe we forgot to mention this song. That's like probably one of my favorite parts of the first one is the, the Misty Mountain song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was a cool yeah. song. Yeah, and then it carries through as yeah. like the main theme. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, the standout new composition for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also forgot to mention in the first film, it was kind of a weird musical in the, in the extended version. Like there were like lyrical songs for no reason. But anyway, oh yeah, no, that's one of the fun things about the book is it is it's extremely musical. Like all oh, the characters just break out into songs. Yeah, like the, the these songs that they're singing in um, Bilbo's house, like they're almost word for word. I think in the books, um, it's an extremely musical. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Lord of the Rings is to a certain degree as well, like full of these little poems and things. Um, so yeah, honestly, if they'd leaned into that more, even if they could have like had even more of a musical tinge, that might have helped with that tone. With but it at least it made it like to, stand out. Yeah, because yeah. they needed to take a different approach. Because trying to Lord of the Rings if I didn't make sense, but um, this one's really like Lord of the Rings light. Like it's much, it's noticeably darker than like the first one. I feel each yeah. one of these feels so different. Because yeah, this is when the like B and C stories like start really dragging down the overall uh, kind of product to mm-hmm. me. Because this is yeah, this is when when they get to the 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 wood elves or whatever, and then Legolas. You're just saying with the member berries, Adam, like. It's sprinkled in there a bit in unexpected journey with having the like egregious yeah. Elijah Wood like cameo at the beginning for like no reason. Um but yeah, it gets more extreme in this movie where yeah, you have the whole necromancer subplot in where Gandalf goes off like it, it like he just leaves in the original like Hobbit story. Like it's not important. Like you uh-huh. need to get yeah. Gandalf out of the story because like he's you know he can solve most problems that, that characters get into. So just <laughs> just just, just right like once he's just like oh, I'm busy. Get I just got to go do something for a bit. Yeah. So uh, and then that's like half an hour of this damn movie is just like whatever he's doing at 
Dungledore or whatever the hell he is. You know? It's like just it's so <laughs> oh, unnecessary man. and annoying. It is so unnecessary. It goes on so long. And the extended cut is just even more of that shit. They had a whole other character, Thorin's dad. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you don't, you didn't need that. Like, it is, the movie's already too long. <laughs> it's just so clear to me that, like, they just threw in all this stuff and then uh, producers or editors had to come in, like, yeah, this doesn't work. Like, it, it feels like a movie that's been cut down, you know? It's so kind of jumbled. Um, and when I said the movie's dark, I just mean not just like tonally, just like visually. I feel like it, oh, yeah. it looks like more pale than the last one. And there's just like some VFX shots that were like felt more rushed. And I just felt there was more polish on that first one. Oh, than, definitely. Than the, the second one and especially the third one. On that exact line, there are some really strange things in Desolation specifically, whether it be in the barrel action scene, there's like a, a couple of GoPro shots that are like, I hate there. those. So, oh yeah. <laughs> this, what so that's was that? always bothered me. That's always like been GoPro like, yeah, generation that me one. Too. Yeah, I was yeah. like watching this in IMAX. I'm like, you really using a GoPro in like a fantasy epic? You know, like it's not crank in- high voltage. It's like <laughs> yeah. a fucking you yeah, get away it's like with a fantasy it in that movie, movie, right? Right. It's it depends on the movie, but yeah, especially with the high frame rate and everything else, and like uh-huh. you're, that you're was so advertising jarring. this as like this theatrical spectacle of crisp and crisp crisp images and and you know the frame rate mm-hmm. as well. Just like okay, well that's very out of place. That's very bizarre. Yeah. It's a weird choice. And unnecessary, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unnecessary is the big <laughs> the big w- descriptor of this trilogy. For sure. It, it feels, like, amateurish. Like, you think of, like... Yeah, directors like Christopher Nolan, like, they care so much about the visual, like, every shot mm-hmm. like, looking, like, the same, like, like, the film look. And, yeah, it's just, like, here it was so amateurish how it cut to that, like, cheap digital camera and it's like a one second shot i don't want to like nitpick or whatever but it is distracting in a movie like this yeah it's enough to kind of like be really noticeable Mm -hmm. the the fact that it you could just get rid of it easily makes it worse that the the fact that it wasn't Mm -hmm. a longer shot and you could just edit it out and it's you wouldn't even notice that that makes it kind of worse doesn't it (laughs) i mean yeah that that describes a lot of the action in these movies to be honest it genuinely changes nothing about the outcome of really anything um it's just like pure spectacle a lot of it maybe he it was edited on someone's fucking telephone (laughs) (laughs) um it might like make some of the shots look a bit better like uh there's this one that has always bugged me of of smile towards the end of the movie there's like a overhead shot of him kind of like flinging his head up in pain towards the camera and it it looks like previs like it's it doesn't look complete it's like always yeah. bugged me this, uh-huh. this specific and it's it's so strange though because yeah it it leans into this rush thing we've been talking about because some of those early shots where they're like establishing smog like around the gold like like just going everywhere falling around his eye and you know the approach with that and it's all like so like well polished and kind of thoughtful but then it, yeah just 15 minutes later you just have like some of the worst lamest action like you could possibly imagine <laughs> Yeah, it, it's so weird how yeah the quality, like the the quality expectation, kind of drops as it go, as they go along. Yeah, they're they're rushing to get them done. It makes me wonder why they didn't make them shorter for that reason too, because you kind of have more time to like polish everything if you have less movie to work on as a whole. But it's so long. 
Uh, yeah, and it can't decide. It can't decide if it wants to be about the Hobbit or be a prequel to the Lord of the Rings or be about the dwarves and their epic thing or you know there's just mm -hmm. like so many just things it's trying to do and it really needs to just like settle on one and commit because it doesn't work otherwise no there's so much stuff that you can clearly cut out the the stuff radagast yeah it's pointless cut that out <laughs> yeah. the, the love triangle oh, with the, the love, elf yes, lady you mentioned that, that needed to be cut out completely it, it's like not in the movie the animated one and it feels it like it's it feels shoehorned in there and it's not like I don't, I'm not opposed to like a, a woman, more women characters in Lord of the Rings. Like I'm in favor of that. But yeah, to l write a love triangle for that character yeah. is very not interesting. It's like one of the least interesting routes you can take. <laughs> no, that's the thing about the book. Mm -hmm. Is there are yeah, they're like, it was an issue in Lord of the Rings as well. There are basically like no women characters for the most part. So they're like kind of torn, mm -hmm. like... Yeah, what do we do? I guess we'd make this Toriel character that's... <laughs> we're going to make her do, put her in a love triangle. Ugh. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's it incredibly lame. Sense. Yeah. Legolas. Legolas is so fucking annoying in this movie. Yeah, he's terrible. It, it feels like a different <laughs> character. Like, everything that I would describe him as in the original trilogy, it's just not... I don't remember him being just, like, jealous and overconfident and rude. But that's like all he is in this trilogy. It's so weird. He's just kind of an mm -hmm. asshole. He looks different too. Orlando's got his face yeah. is a little bit more chub. Yeah, a little bit older. Um, <laughs> looks a little bit older, right? Even though it's a prequel. Well, you can notice that with Ian McKellen too and yeah. so on. Which is unfortunate because the, the new elf character with the um, Lee Pace plays, I, I quite like. I think he's got like a... A fun I screen Pace presence. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted more of him without like being bogged down with the yeah the the love triangle. Uh, it's because it was real type shit, you know. Where it's like, ugh. yeah, the barrel scene. What do we think of that? Because uh, some people think it's too silly, kind of unnecessary. I thought it was whatever. kind of fun, but yeah. Well, a lot of it's unnecessary. Yeah. The movie indulgence is, is unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right you can say that about everything yeah no because it's an essential sh scene it's like one of the most famous scenes like from like the book is the the barrel escape so it had mm -hmm. to be in there in some form and i feel like it there are little elements of it that are kind of fun like i i know people hate the like bomber bouncing around in the barrel thing and then him bursting out at the end um i thought that was hilarious when i first saw it <laughs> You could do something with the the bouncy being maybe maybe him like yeah bursting out of the end is, is a bit too much but you, you could have done something mm -hmm. um, but once mm -hmm. this turns into like Legolas like jumping on them on their heads and like just orcs running around it's like just it's too much it didn't need to be that that complicated like there's already enough going on like it's a, you could just have fun with it and not indulge for like however long that scene feels but it does feel like a whole like endurance battle because there's like a bit where like a dwarf gets hit by an arrow and it, you kind of think it's going to mean something but no it's just i don't know to slow things down to so tariel yeah. can see yeah. it and the love triangle can advance it's all just like nonsense <laughs> <laughs> and and like the the over reliance on the cgi really bothers me with these movies too because yeah like sometimes it's fun and that barrel scene it's kind of lighthearted, but for the most part things just really don't lack weight they don't look yeah. real um and it really kind of hinders certain scenes it kind of reminded me of the prequels 
um, in a couple mm. ways, this reminded me of the prequels. You know, it's both like these directors coming back to their franchises and, you know, the kind of fan reactions too. How they're kind of divided. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although I would say these are better. Like, I still kind of enjoy this movie. I'd probably rate it the same as the first one, honestly. But yeah, these, these problems are like so noticeable. And I feel like if they were just fixed, the movies could have been like great. Like, people would have loved them. Uh, unanimously but yeah that's not what happened <laughs> shout um, out to Stephen Fry this movie mm-hmm. oh Stephen Fry and that character of Alfred that they added in um, mm-hmm. yeah is that yeah. the master of Lake Town there his assistant yeah yeah the assistant yeah guy. those were those were bad characters they just didn't need to be that's again like just cut that out of the movie I, I didn't enjoy that at all yeah well he was just like the brad dwarf character in lord of the rings you know the the assistant to the in, in the two towers it's just like the same character right but just inferior obviously at the very end of the last movie they ended the movie with like blah 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 blah, blah dragon and then they showed his eye right and then, and then it's the title of this movie desolation of smoke like dragon 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 and it's two hours and 15 minutes until we even get to the fucking dragon it's just like a lot of padding and just nothing right mm-hmm. you want to see the dragon and we do we eventually see the dragon but we don't even see the you know destruction <laughs> look we don't even yeah. see the desolation nice of smog right yeah and so it, it just Oh my god! the The fact that they chose to end the movie there and uh, pisses me off. Like the cliffhanger doesn't work for me because I feel like it's at the point of it just being misleading and unethical and just dishonest. I, I, I mean, people knew right? it was going to be like three movies, so <laughs> it's not like they knew there was going to be a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, I know, but the, what you advertise in the title should be in the title of that movie, <laughs> or sorry, in the content. Hey, of Hey, you got movie. to see Smog. You got to see Smog for a little bit. <laughs> you got- <laughs> what, what, the Desolation, though, was in the next movie. Yeah, I, there was some desolation in this movie. Not quite. <laughs> oh, it's because, yeah, they go to that city, don't they? And they comment on yeah, what they're seeing. It, yeah. It is weird because mm-hmm. there's like no way to fix it, basically, because if you bring it forwards in the movie... Um, then all of a sudden a third movie no longer makes sense and there's nothing really to do in that third movie. I mean, it was uh-huh. only the first, like, fucking ten minutes of the third movie. Just end this one with the fucking yeah. end of the dragon thing. Yeah, but then you'd even, you have even less, like, to, like, the battle, the, yeah. the battle of well, five armies. The third movie's gonna in, suck anyway. That one's the, really, yeah. you, want to, you want to just talk about the third one? It feels, it feels like we're, like, <laughs> we're, like, itching to talk about that one. I mean, the third, I, I don't know if taking out the first... 10 15 minutes of the third movie makes it worse i don't know if i even agree with that honestly i think the third movie is just as bad <laughs> regardless i think it's, at least you have like you've got the, the there's kind of a, an attention to like you know the the credits are coming up it's building up with smog's theme that's like a, a hook to get you in right that that's something Fucking awful credit song i see fire Oh, the Ajira one. It's so inappropriate. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, in that one. No, no, I'm talking about the beginning of that third movie. Oh like, okay. it's something, at least, you know? Like, it's a hook to get you in. Um, the dragon attack, like, what? Like The movie sucks. Anyway. No one cares. No one knows or cares about the Battle of Five Armies. And it's like, Friday. I think it's like three pages in the book. It's like nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's like the tail end of the animated movie, right? I was wondering how they were going to, like, do that or in the animated one. Just one last thing about Smog, the, this one, Shmaid. and then we can move on to the third one, I think. 
they introduce Luke Evans in this bard. Yes. He's the guy who kills uh, Smog in the next one, I guess. But yeah, they have to like develop him out, even though he's like, you know, barely a character in the animated one. Give well, yeah, that's, family, a, that, that's another you know? adaption problem where um this character just appears like the same chapter they go there like he's not it's not like a member of the company or one of the dwarves that like takes down the dragon mm-hmm. it's just this like random guy so how do you yeah, like exactly satisfying in a movie and I, I guess they try their best and give him a family mm-hmm. or whatever but there really ain't much to work off no there's there's really not much going on there I do, I do want to mention a couple of things about this movie before we move on. One, yeah. the theatrical versus extended runtime is a bit different. It's now like a 25-minute difference. Uh, yeah, 25 minutes, huge difference. And yeah. uh, three-hour, six-minute extended. Uh, what seemed to be my general feeling of the action scenes in this movie was just like, it felt like two theme park ridey. Both the barrel yeah. scene yeah. and, I mean... Even the parts of the Smaug scene, you know, he gets mm-hmm. on the, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, ro- what? He what jumps on a wheelbarrow. A wheelbarrow. Thank you. I, I don't know why that word escaped. Oh me. yeah. Well, when they fight him, that was a lame, that was lame. Yeah. And he's just like in the lava and I guess the wheelbarrow isn't conducting any heat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was kind of fine. I didn't really enjoy that toward the end. I like the scene with just like Bilbo talking to small. And they're like dancing on his fucking nose. He could just eat him at any point. It's just like fucking like. It's just so, so weird. Yeah, and it, it like it, lacked any tension. Yeah. It exemplifies and highlights the clash between this sort of children's story sort of thing, but also mm-hmm. trying to make it this epic Lord of the Rings feel. Right. And, yeah. and this yeah, big clash between these two genres, basically, where it's like, okay, nobody's mm-hmm. dying, I guess. Like, <laughs> and everything's cartoonish, but you're going to pretend as if there's any sort of similar weight and consequence to things that are happening. Yeah, it was just yeah it, annoying. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that um, Ed Sheeran song as well because it it does make the ending worse because it's like right after it's like what have we done? And then yeah, Ed Sheeran yeah. starts singing where it's like clashing you know, tones. I didn't I didn't feel this way in the other like. <laughs> Every single one of Never. the other no, Lord of the Rings no. movies and Hobbit, oh, Hobbit this, movies. Those songs are good. They've got like, yeah. yeah I like those songs. They've got like, yeah. yeah really good yeah. Uh, credit songs that like feel like they're part of the world where this is the first like, oh God, it feels like you're just playing the radio all of a sudden. It really yeah. whips you out of the, the world. It's just another part of the production that felt Seems rushed. like a tie-in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like like yeah. everything. Like everything just feels yeah, I'll get rushed. Ed Sheeran yeah. to do it. Yeah. Really, really bizarre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Might as well just be an ad. Yeah, yeah, he'll get him write a song. The fire and the title. Yeah. He, he randomly appeared in Game of Thrones as well, didn't he? The hell was, what, uh-huh, he ruined Game of Thrones. He, he's ruined <laughs> just every fantasy <laughs> franchise he can. That's just what he does. <laughs> yeah, I just really just have an issue with the pacing of all three of these movies. I will keep saying they're indulgent. I just yeah. wish they were shorter. You know, even if they were three movies, if they were 90 minutes, I would be fine with it. Uh, yep. it, it's just so fucking indulgent. It's like, why am mm-hmm. I sitting here for six hours watching this shit? I mean, really? I mean, like, this, there's a point where I like kind of draw the line and I start to get kind of aggravated when a movie's just kind of wasting my time, you know, and this, and the, they especially watching the extended ones. Like, maybe I'm more harsh because I just watched the extended ones. Yeah. But yeah. I was like kind of aggravated because yeah, it's just I, like such a long ordeal. Aside from a couple extended scenes, I'd say, for the most part, 
just if you want to watch these movies for whatever reason, don't watch the extended ones. Like genu- I, it's like the inverse of the Lord of the Rings discussion for me, where I'd say, yeah, it enriches everything to watch those extended Lord of the Rings movies if you're into those stories. Like that's that is the definitive way to watch them. Whereas here, I I really don't think that's the case. It's just like so mm-hmm. obvious, it's so blatant. I'm sure, you get like little bits of like dwarf characterization mm-hmm. or whatever here and there, but it's like not enough. It's clearly not the focus. It doesn't give you what you'd need to care about this like cast of characters. The theatrical cut feels like the extended cut for all three of them. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just like too much. Yeah. It's already bloated. Look how clunky they are. It's yeah. already bloated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very boring movie uh, for the most part. <laughs> I loved Smaug. I loved the performance. I think Benedict Cumberbatch did a great jow gerb job <laughs> uh smog and uh yeah it was really uh that that was the most interesting part of the movie and then uh that was not most of the movie so most of the movie was bad four out of ten bullshit yeah <laughs> i liked smog i liked the barrel scene and then it's pretty much it the, sh- the shit with the spider forest like we didn't even talk about that <laughs> it's like the very beginning i forgot about that <laughs> i don't know if that was even in my notes or the bear guy bjorn yeah the bear guy yeah yeah well he the bear guy's in yeah the bear guy's in the animated one i believe yeah yeah he's in the story but mm-hmm. he's just like not yeah he's got he's not necessary in this story no Oh, there's another hilariously bad shot I forgot to mention, that being they introduce... Azog wasn't enough, I guess, in that first movie. They introduced, like, a sub-villain to Azog. I think it's, like, his son, Azog's son. He's called, I think he's called Bolg. And there's this, like, incredibly indulgent Bolg fight scene with Legolas um, in that water town. Oh, my It feels, God. like, half an hour long. But, like, right as it ends, like, the kind of cliffhanger is... um. Bolg riding off on one of those dogs and Legolas chasing after him and it's like uh, the shot shows uh, like a bridge going out of Lake Town and it it, it looks like PS1 like pre-rendered <laughs> it, like, it looks like so fucking bad it's, it's so embarrassing oh yeah it looks horrendous and yeah it, that oh, yeah. synthetic look of uh, I, I think they get u- uglier as they go along like by the time you get For to sure. the five uh, armies it's like yeah it might as well be prequel that's, so. that's what I was thinking yeah that's what I was thinking for Battle Five Armies. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching like a PlayStation Four cutscene. Right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it looks yeah, so, no, straight up like, looks like that. You yeah. know, the, the over reliance on the CGI again is so distracting in these, and it's because the pre production they just didn't have time to like yeah. make anything. <laughs> you know, they just had to rush these out. You really notice it in this last one, just how rushed, and it also really drags down the other two because i just started to notice the problems with the other two which was that i didn't really care about the characters that much and when they started you know when the stakes were raised and they started dying i didn't really care Mm -hmm. you know yeah so why would you by that point you know Mm -hmm. it's boring (laughs) did we give ratings for smog i did Adam did, yeah. Oh. I think I'm pretty much there. I think yeah, two star is um about what I would give this. I I'm there with you guys with the smog stuff. With uh, with him and Bilbo and that conversation, that is 
that saves the movie from being like just fully trash to me. Um, outside of it, there really isn't that much I like because everything is sandwiched either within that love triangle or just excess stuff that we've been saying. I, yeah, it's, it's not good. I gave the theatrical cut a six. This extended one, I don't know. I, I wouldn't recommend it. So, six out of ten. Right. Let's do the Battle <laughs> of Five Armies then. The 2014 trilogy Kappa. Uh, will the same crew returning? Picking up exactly where uh, that, that Ed Sheeran cliffhanger left us. Um, yeah, we basically get like a 15-minute short film of smog destroying lake town and then it was 12 minutes oh is that the exact 12 minutes (laughs) even in the extended edition it was like 12 fucking minutes and i was like just put this at the end of the the last movie you asshole yeah exactly it's a scam yeah it's an actual scam (laughs) yeah yeah because yeah it's probably the best part of the movie too it's the uh, it's better than anything that happens in the actual battle um of five armies that is the like title of the film yeah, I'm yeah. looking at the runtime here and I'm kind of struggling to even really break down like what justifies that runtime <laughs> um, or like what even really <laughs> happens in it. Yeah, that, you know, there's this battle in the first 12 minutes of Smog, but in between that, it's kind of just a lot of like characters like just going in circles saying war is coming. War, the, it's, it, it's happening, guys. The, the Lord of the Rings is on the horizon. Remember, oh. remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, God. Uh, this is, yeah, this is where it like kind of definitively falls apart for me, where it doesn't even have that Gollum or Smaug scene, you know, like that's as good mm-hmm. as those previous ones. It doesn't have that one thing you can at least point at and be like, that. You, yeah, that's, that's some payoff I was looking for. And that just compare how the third movie of each of these like Lord of the Rings trilogies, um, just compare like how many, how much like happens in the third Lord of the Rings and all the like payoffs you get and all these like character arcs finishing up and being rounded off and something so conclusive about it. Whereas, yeah, like, what can you say sure. of that note about this movie? You know, like even, even the heart <laughs> of it. Like, I guess it's supposed to be about like that that story of uh, Bilbo and Thorin going from like kind of like I don't know the. They're not keen about each other, but then through the adventure, they they learn to appreciate each other for what they are and what they bring to the table. But that, that's mostly kind of concluded by the end of the first movie. Like they, mm-hmm. none of these relationships are really expanded, or there's way yeah, more yeah. attention put on like what is Gandalf doing and how is how is the Lord of the Rings like building up in the background over here? Like it's, it's not about the mm-hmm. characters when it really needed to be character led. Cause you get moments like towards the end where they, they try to do the, the like kind of fellowship equivalent scene where it's Bilbo's leaving the dwarves behind and they're all in a line and the sad music's playing. <laughs> and you're, but you're like, I don't, I don't yeah. know anything about these, yeah, these people. Right. So why would I don't... be invested? Whereas like you don't, you don't feel the same way when you see the fellowship and, those other movies and they you've been like there with them and you've seen their characters grow and they'd like change in some way where most of these guys, you, you don't even know their names, um, unless you're <laughs> into the lore or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They're just relying on the things, you know, probably one of the worst scenes in the movies that the scene with Gandalf, like toward the beginning, like the wrap up of like the Sauron 
or Saruman with the thing. necromancer like revealing that it's Sauron. Yeah, they all show up like the Avengers. Yeah, Kate Blanchett shows up, Hugo Weaving, and it's like it's so dumb. It's so dumb that whole scene. It's like yeah, she turns all green and starts yelling. They like fight ghosts or something. Yeah, not good. Right, right. They're like slashing at the ghost. It's so silly that sequence. And then yeah, mostly just it's mostly dull for like an hour before the action starts. Yeah, because like once the smog fight is over and that's over, there's like no action for a long time. It's like a lot of just like sitting around talking, negotiating. Like Bard wants gold for his people, but Thorin doesn't want to give it away, and so like a lot of repetitive kind of scenes like that. And yeah, because they they try to kind of do a. You know, like the way the the ring kind of corrupts you in that original trilogy, and it, mm-hmm. it changes you. They they sort of try to do a similar thing with the uh, the gold um, in Erebor, yeah, of like turning Thorin into being more Drives like a dragon, and just, yeah. Whereas, like, I, I, <laughs> maybe you could have done something with that, but it also at the same time, it feels like really similar to the ring, and the ring is already in the story and part of it, so it just uh-huh. feels like familiar territory and yeah it, it just it just misses so yeah when when you get to like that the adventure being over towards the end and like he's leaving gandalf yeah they're more concerned and kind of like just teasing yeah bill i know that's the one ring and that's how the the trilogy that you will know and love starts so it doesn't really matter like our <laughs> characters like leaving and the, the emotions that come from that it's more about yeah the silliness and the spectacle and my god the spectacle like every every side character gets like a, a stupid dumb action scene that like takes it too far whether it be so like epic. The, the the legolas yeah. uh, running up the like falling crumbling <laughs> wall yeah <laughs> <laughs> video game the bard, the bard on yeah on his like video game level where he's riding like a <laughs> I don't know, like a trolley or something down a hill and smashes into a troll. It's like all this like crazy. Yeah, leap pace, like cuts the head off like five orcs like in front of him, like at once. Yeah. The extended cut's like really bloody, I noticed. I, I don't know if I don't remember the the regular cut being that way. Yeah, that's one of the Pretty bigger like, changes actually is, yeah. I was like, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, because like in the, in the first Hobbit movie, they, they like slice the Goblin King um and it like you see it like kind of open up on his body but there's like nothing inside and no blood like comes out or whatever um yeah yeah because obviously it's like a children's story kind of almost but also Mm -hmm. epic i don't know (laughs) yeah it's it's confusing yeah and then there's like other things that were added that i know tolkien fans they hate the they call what they call them, wereworms or something weird like that? Um, Azog what? calls them in the subtitles. You know, there's oh, giant the worms. the sandworms from the, Dune? The Dothraki Dune. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what was that? And they never set that up in, like, any of the Lord of the Rings movies or the Hobbit movies. It just comes out of nowhere. They never set it up and it's never, yeah. Like, that, that probably would have been quite useful at the time of... <laughs> the Lord of the Rings going down, but I guess so that maybe they lost. Oh them, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, they all died in the battle. Yeah, this is like dumb shit like that, right? Like it doesn't make any sense when you like try to think about it and break it down. Billy Connolly shows up as a CG dwarf. Uh, I was just about reason. to talk about that. Very yeah, weird. That they I mean, there were, there were touch-ups done on a lot of actors, but he was just 
like complete Beowulf. Like he was complete Robert Zemeckis yeah. in that yeah. generation of yeah. his films. But acting so against like live action actors. Yeah. Yeah. And even um Orlando Bloom at certain points was like CG. Like I noticed. Like like close ups yeah. of him. And again, when I watched the film in theaters, there was still that sort of like excuse for self doubt where I could be like, okay, maybe it's the weird frame rate. But mm-hmm. it still looked weird in mm-hmm. theaters. But now I'm like, okay, this is definitely just really fucked up looking. Like this, this is just this just looks bad. Oh, it, <laughs> now yeah, I can't blame the frame rate. Yeah, I just don't understand the decision to do that. Like, why not get an actor? It's well, just that's the thing because that's what's frustrating. Because the 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 casting is kind of fun. Like that is a good dwarf like casting for a character. Um, but then you make him this weird zombie uh, looking monster um which is even weirder because they do have like cg characters <laughs> in these movies beforehand and they look fine like golem looks fantastic in mm-hmm. that first one and smog looks amazing but yeah the, the, this dwarf guy it's not doesn't fill the role it doesn't do the job yeah um, it's whenever you just try to do people it's like uncanny valley yeah the golem's like a orc or whatever right or goblin and yeah, Smog's a dragon, or or what is it called, Adam? <laughs> Not Wyvern. <a> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the less uncanny valley for those things. Yeah. Yeah, just like the um too long. The, <laughs> the there's just like scenes in this where I'm like, wow, that looks like really rushed. Like they didn't have time to like film the scene like there's some scene with thorin and one of the other dwarves i i don't even know which one but they're at his in his throne room and you know the dwarf is telling him like the gold has corrupted you the old thorin yeah. would never do this and just like the blocking of the scene it's just like two close-ups on them and they just keep reusing the same shots and it's like this terrible mm. green screen behind them and it's like you needed like more blocking for this yeah. scene or, like more coverage it's just like it's so boring, you know? Like, I felt like the most out of any of the three of them, I was watching, like, a TV show here. Yeah. No, it's yeah, so not really interesting. And that's a that's a good example of a scene that probably needed to happen and could have had some emotional weight if you actually had characters you knew something about, like, actually talking to each other. Like, you know nothing about <laughs> right. it. Like, they've got no dynamic or established kind of, like, rapport or anything like that. So, yeah, that conflict doesn't really... It doesn't really ring true in any major way. I feel like they, they probably could have made it work as well if you just kind of move some of the characters around, add a few more scenes of like developing the dwarves, and could have been done. It could have mm-hmm. been done, but they weren't willing, I guess, with <laughs> this trilogy stretch. I guess not. Yeah, Peter Jackson, especially this one, seemed kind of like worn down. It's like. Yeah, he looks like miserable in the behind the scenes stuff. He's like, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. He's skinny. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Spider Man 3 kind of situation where they were just kind of like tired by the time they were making that movie. And you could tell just watching the film. It just feels rushed. Yeah, the, the entire movie, this third one, just I kept saying, get on with it. And it never did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it felt yeah. like it felt like the movie was as exhausted as, as I was. You know, it, it screams that through mm-hmm. its production where yeah. they're just like they're continuing to do this. Nobody seems like they want to be doing it. And it's just there. 
and everybody has to suffer through this bizarre yeah. tortured technique. And it's like, mm, the, yeah. like through so much of the dialogue and like the way they try and build up this war, it just feels like this constant like posturing, like trying to remind the audience that like, yeah, no, no, this is important. But like what is happening right now is like Lord of the Rings, isn't it, guys? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like it has to be like mm-hmm. you have to have the big crazy worms and the the CG bats of Legolas being carried around, but in the, these new troll design like it's just it's too much. It's like trying to overcompensate mm-hmm. for like what it clearly knows is lacking in that story department. Which is like sure they, they know they're gonna know like the people working on it. Like you really think Peter Jackson didn't know? Like <laughs> I'm sure he knows. It is like yeah. workman like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And tired. Mm-hmm. He was... I, I don't blame him for being exhausted making these, but yeah, mm. it just comes across as like something that could have been really great if it was just shorter and tighter and maybe maybe have other directors do the other ones or something. I, I don't know. I don't know how you could have fixed it, but... Well, yeah, I think the um, answer was Guillermo. Like, they had the <laughs> their golden ticket, Um and supposedly yeah, his probably. plan with this um, two-part thing was that the first part was going to be more like condensing the the more intimate side of the Hobbit story into with like combined with Guillermo's kind of style and really indulge in that side of it, and then uh, bring the bounds in a bit more for the part two and make it fit into the Lord of Rings in a certain way. Um, an ambitious idea oh, in and of itself, but I mean, I, I would prefer and would have preferred to have seen that and have that exist over this this unfortunate trilogy of like a lot of the ideas being okay and some of the stuff being good. And I find it interesting. Uh, Guillermo is like he's like credited, I think, in the in each three each Producer? of the three movies. Yeah, um, something or is it? Like, I think he might even get a writing like credit. That. Probably, I guess. Writer? I guess because yeah. of how just how much pre-production. Although I think I'm pretty sure they scrapped the majority of what he did. So I don't know if that's just out of politeness or or what. But because um, mm-hmm. he did sacrifice like <laughs> nearly two years to a project he never actually got to see yeah. the light of day on. Um, so yeah. it might just be something like that. Mm-hmm. I I just hate this movie. I hated it <laughs> with more and more with every single minute that passed. Because I didn't feel like I was seeing anything new with every minute. I was just like, okay, more mindless action, video game nonsense. You've had so long to build up the stakes and make me care about anything happening. That didn't happen. You've had so long to build up the characters and make it so that when a character is experiencing a piece of action, it feels motivated, that I care about what they're doing, that I remember their fucking name. That didn't happen, except Bofer. (laughs) You know, and just, yeah, it's absolute soulless garbage where you can tell they threw money at it. There's some money in there. Mm. Wow. That's it. That doesn't make a movie. I hate that. I hate it when that's the only thing you can tell about a movie is that they spent money on it. Zero passion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you saying? I mostly just, yeah, I mostly just disliked the, you know, putting the special effects in front of the story and the characters because... Like you're saying, Alex, it doesn't, you know, it's trying to overcompensate, but really, like, those Lord of the Rings movies, that was a great story, it was epic, and these are just simple stories, they're not supposed to be anything like the Lord of the Rings, and if you're trying to, like, compare yourself to that, it it kind of feels like having 
your appetizer after your meal. I've heard that mm. comparison with yeah. these movies before. And I'm like, yeah, it's not nearly as epic as Lord of the Rings. And it shouldn't even try to be. It should just be The Hobbit. <laughs> and it isn't. <laughs> it's like it's your like... appetizer was poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like Bilbo, he gets knocked out for the Battle of Five Armies. Like in the mm-hmm. movie. Like it, He's such like a not part of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> especially the last two he's just so on the sidelines and it's like yeah he's the main character the stuff with him in the ring Mm -hmm. it's like they don't even bring up the ring really for like the first two hours of the movie for this this battle of five armies i felt it's like such a non-part of the movie like where's the ring what about all that shit with him having the ring and i don't know it was so like anticlimactic i felt the extended scene um i think there's a thorin funeral um that's one of the few i'd say it's probably <laughs> probably should have been in there. He's like one of the main characters, sure. and he doesn't get like a a funeral. He's like scene the only the dwarf. Yeah, he's the only one who really gets like some kind of arc, I guess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of crazy that that scene isn't in the original. But again, it just kind of points at where the priorities were. Because I mean, I would have taken like an hour's worth of dwarves eating food and being silly and getting them developed um, over, you know, scenes of Legolas riding trolls around and shooting arrows and crazy. Like, that's just not what the heart of this, <laughs> this story is to me. Like, yeah. Because we, we were even saying that. played in around our, more um, with that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. In, our, in our, like, Lord of the Rings discussion uh, trilogy episode we did for that, um, I remember saying that that, that indulgence, like, it's just there, like little specks of it, like start cropping up towards the end of, um, like with the Legolas character, especially like he's like, it's on, on, on the borders of being like ridiculous video gamey stuff already in those movies. <laughs> and that's like the best example. But then in the space between that, you do have your King Kongs and all that other stuff in between. And yeah, it's just, it is excessive by the, by the time you get to this movie, this is the, the ultimate excess kind of, Lord of the Rings project. It's it's sad and unfortunate because it's just like you didn't see what you had, what you could have done, and all the creative avenues you could have taken the story, but you had to try and recapture Lord of the Rings because they just make loads of money and everyone knows what they are. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. unfortunate. Yeah, the fact that they released an extended version of this movie. <laughs> the fucking balls on them to do that <laughs> yeah because yeah doesn't it mostly add action for the most part in this one like it's yeah it's, right yeah it adds nothing it's, and it's all mindless and you didn't like it's just it just blends into itself it just adds to the runtime without adding anything apparently the extended version's rated r so like there's some parts where the like big troll things or whatever it was like oh there's blood in <gasps> it oh is that yeah, because it's really bloody. Yeah, I was going to say. So it's like yeah, the first R-rated Lord of the Rings film, <laughs> which is weird. It's so it's unnecessary, yeah. yeah. That's all I thought. I'm like, this is so unnecessary. Like, it just feels out of place with, like, the rest of this series of movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's that baked-in so tonal problem where, like, the story starts and it's, like, silly, kind of low stakes. And then when you when you're trying to conjure these epic stakes from nowhere for this huge battle, it is like unintentionally yeah, funny as a result. Like so the, long. there's that scene where yeah. they're like building up the tension, um, and it seems like they're losing. 
and because Thorin and company are like locked up inside the fortress or whatever and won't come out. But then there's this whole this big moment where they the like thirteen dwarves come charging out, and that's supposed to like represent. <laughs> a change in the battle even though what they're charging against is like literally thousands and thousands of like <laughs> enemies, <laughs> like uh, minions it just just visually doesn't make sense it doesn't work it it's just just a big uh -huh. clash yeah none of the actions like memorable the set pieces or you know I don't remember much about That's it. That's the thing. Like, I can I can at least point out details from the first and second movies that I kind of like. And I'm, exactly. I'm fine with. The barrel scene. I find that mm. really difficult with this one in particular. Yeah. It's just like a big mesh of a bunch of bodies, you know, cl clashing. <laughs> like, this, yeah. that's it. It's just like, you can't even tell what the fuck is going on half the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing. It, you've shown me, no you spent yeah. so much money showing nothing. We are all worse. I'm like, for oh it. man! And the more, yeah, the more I like remember and think about like the the way Thorin like has his final showdown with Azog on that like ice field. So so stupid, man. Where he's like <laughs> he like slides under the water and then he like glides along under Thorin, and it's just it's just not cool. It's, it's not. It's just filler. Yeah, I think one of you said it's just padding, right? Yeah. It's like action to make the movie longer. Right. But if there was no action, it'd probably be like 40 minutes long. But yeah. But when there is an action, though, it's like just dull. It's just like they, they are talking. Like it almost yeah. makes you wish for action when there isn't, you know? The only scene that I thought was like partially serviceable was when we got back the other actors like Christopher Lee, you know, Hugo Weaving, Kate Blanchett. Oh, you like that scene, the Avengers I mean, scene. it felt okay. the most reminiscent of the other films, you know? At least they were all back. Really? Yeah. It was yeah. cool. That it, was, it wasn't like a great scene or anything, but it was the, you know. <laughs> that, it felt kind of like Those actors have a very commanding screen presence, and I think that yeah, it goes a long do. way. Yeah, Whereas, like, great. the rest of the movie actors, is just, yeah. like, a computer mm -hmm. with no screen presence. <laughs> I like the scenes with Lee Pace, usually. Whenever he was on screen, I was like, oh, he's a good actor. Um, mm -hmm. When, like, yeah. Balbo gives him the Ark and Stone there in his tent. I thought that was a good scene. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, more of that would have been a welcome addition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, there's just not enough of it. This is one of the times, though, where uh, I'd always heard about these, these like, fan edits right, of this movie. Yeah. There, there are a lot of them, because, like... Lord of the Rings, you know, it's one of those nerd properties where it's got like a crazy passionate fan base that's willing to try and uh, repair this. And I was, I was just looking up certain lists and I actually watched one of these, um, these fan edits, oh. um, which I've, I've never done. I've never done that before. Um, but I, I wanted to go in. I felt so exhausted. I couldn't um, after these, <laughs> like I'll do it well, in a year maybe. Cause what I was questioning was like the, is there a good movie? wedged in this somewhere is there a good version of the hobbit in this like could you trim it out because that's what most of these fan edits attempt to do it's mostly taking stuff out there's very little that like is mm -hmm. added yeah. in or it's because <laughs> the the one i i settled on was um it's just called jrr tolkien's the hobbit december 2015 final which cuts it to it's about four hours i think um okay 
And yeah, oh, wow. it's okay. it's it is noticeably better to watch it that way because yeah, it does just like flow as you would imagine. They they <laughs> they they take out everything with Legolas. They take out everything. Uh, with the love triangle, they take out most of the Battle of Five Armies. They take out most of the fluff because that is mostly what is bringing it down. Yeah, Radagast. Yeah, yeah, no Radagast. Like they, yeah, the, the, mm. when the action starts going on for too long in like the theatrical ones, they kind of just trim it out and just move the story on. Um, so weirdly, that I think that's probably the pr- preferred way. And I, I like, <laughs> I got up a list of like how many of these damn things there are there. There are so many like fan cuts with the, <laughs> the anti cringe cut, one of them's called uh, the book edit, the oh wizard cut. Yeah, a cut of roast mutton cut. Like, there's a million. Topher Grace made a cut, did he? Yeah, yeah. Topher Grace did a fan edit of the Hobbit movies. <laughs> I would have watched it if I wasn't so fucking exhausted. Yeah, but I, I literally so. <laughs> have to wait until like next year or some shit before I can even start to think yeah, about watching yeah. any Hobbit shit again. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, that's probably my recommendation. Like, if if you really feel like you need after watching the Lord of the Rings or something, and you're getting that hankering um, for more of it, find one of these fan edits because I think it's much preferable over the mess of nine plus hours, whatever the total hobbit content wound up being Mm -hmm. when do you think we'll hit the point in time where a studio will be conscious enough of what the public wants that even after releasing something like the hobbit trilogy maybe they might do an official release of a fan edit well it's basically what the snyder cut is (laughs) you know because we have like four different cuts of blade runner right (laughs) Those were all like industry people making different cuts for different reasons. There's a bunch of different cuts of Blade Runner. There's a bunch of different cuts of like Brazil. And they're all for like different reasons, mostly just, you know, studio interference. But I think it would be cool to see the day where, a, a you know, unauthor- unauthorized fan edit gets made of something. And then, you know, maybe even 10 years later, some amount of time later, if it's popular enough, if people like it enough that... uh it shows up on the official Blu-ray or something as like a special feature. Like that would be cool. But at the same time, I think that, I don't know there's a sense of like pride <laughs> going along with it. They're like, yeah, we don't want to admit that we made the bad kind of thing. Acknowledge the, yeah, exactly. That this is the fans version because the one we made didn't <laughs> quite have the, the chops. Um, I hope it happens someday. Cause like there's, there's really just, you know, people want to give money for things that they want to see. And if there's like a better version of something somewhere, you know, like call of the wild, remove all the CG. It's just a dude pretending to be a dog the whole time. That sounds <laughs> funny. That got big on Twitter. Like with the no man's sky dev was like, release the cut without the dog, you cowards. And that, that became viral. That was like the most marketing that film had ever had. You, you would dream <laughs> if you were in charge of viral marketing a property, you would dream for that level of engagement and interest in your product. Mm-hmm. And they didn't release that cut, even though tons of people would buy it. They're fucking stupid. I'm waiting for the point in time where studios become a bit more consciously aware of, of ways that they can make money and provide people with things that they want, you know, but... I guess you'll just have to uh, illegally find the better version of uh, The Hobbit. 
<laughs> yeah, and even uh, then it's kind of held yeah, back where like yeah. fan edits are inherently held back by you know you don't have the original shots or especially audio is like all entangled and messed up if you want to change yeah. like a, a audio track or something it's like a different it's like really there are a bunch of like really obvious like cuts and like weird awkward yeah fades a lot of people like, are just not professionals doing it yeah uh, mm-hmm. they're not going to be in great quality in the export mm-hmm. it's going to be like weird compression and so sure. that all, that's always a turnoff for me in terms of like fan edits but yeah for me as well i could probably do a good fan edit of these <laughs> someone made um a harry potter edit where they replaced the ones with guns <laughs> that's <laughs> that pretty fun. interesting um i want to go back to like the critical response to these that the highest rated one was desolation of smog which i thought was interesting because i probably prefer the first one that was me when i watched them in theaters i liked smog the best yeah but i've changed my perspective since (laughs) yeah i probably i mean it's not like a huge difference i probably just prefer the first one it's like a little more polished to me and yeah five armies is like 59 percent. yeah i much prefer that first one yeah kind of divided um Audiences liked it because it's just a bunch of action. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what the they want. But like, yeah, it's all like got it's fairly hollow. high ratings yeah. and stuff. Uh, as far as like yeah. fan votes are concerned, I'm not opposed to action. I just it's a problem with many Hollywood movies. It's just I want it to be in service of something. I want it to be in service of characters yeah, exactly. I like or a story. Yeah, yeah, some camaraderie. I mean, the, the original Lord of the, char- the the original Lord of the Rings yeah. characters, you can tell them apart. Unlike the dwarves here, mm-hmm. like I know Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn, like these fucking guys. I don't know, but yeah, Buffa and Bubba and yeah, Bofa, Dudu and and Smelly and <laughs> Dozy and Fatso, <laughs> Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah chad that one was so distracting because he just looks like a dude yeah you know they're like how do we make it just looks like a dwarf guy. spot oh, the, the love triangle guy yeah For the, yeah the love triangle one yeah. and and you know he has like he dies and dies in the elf woman's arms like was i actually supposed to like give a shit yeah really? God, we didn't even mention like Come three on. of the main dwarf characters like die in the third movie mm-hmm. just, <laughs> you just don't even remember okay like by the time it happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Thorin uh, dies and it's just like, okay. <laughs> like, it had, it had no impact on me at all. It was like, really, I probably yeah, had more right. emotion in like fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much more. Because it's supposed to be like, I guess, a big moment because that's like the end of that family line, basically. Like, all three of them are killed around the same time. It's like, well... They're done, yeah. then, I guess. But you don't really get any of that weight with it. Mm-hmm. You don't really feel that, right? There's just like so much other fantasy out there that you could spend nine hours of your life watching, like Lord of the Rings or like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. Yeah, right. Very infuriating movie. Very bullshit scam. It's a scam. It's literally a scam. That's how I felt. I fucked this movie. It's a two out of ten for me. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go that low, but it's literally a scam. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it really, uh, especially the extended one. I think I think my reaction's more negative because I just watched the extended ones. I probably wouldn't be so negative if I just watched yeah. the regular one. Maybe they shouldn't sell it. 
I gave the regular one a six out of ten and a three star. <laughs> yeah, maybe like because again, like you know, the other ones they feel like extended cuts already. They're already too long. Yeah, it's just yeah, for had the one cut or something. Yeah, extending yeah, like, extension. You know, I I understand the Lord of the Rings extended cuts. Like, there's tons of more material in those books that they they filmed and that people want to see like it makes sense or like the blade runner cut it makes the movie better <laughs> the, the the whatever whatever that cut is called here it's like so fucking unnecessary it's only it's like they had to make extended cuts because they had extended cuts of lord of the rings basically yeah it's it's obligatory everything about this is just out of obligation the entire fucking trilogy Making it three movies. It just felt yeah. like out of obligation. Making it at all. It was just... And it, the entire yeah. thing was an obligation to everybody involved. Nobody wanted to do it. It's crazy. Pisses, pisses I, I me I don't out. know if it's actually um, like happening yet, but there's that, there's that thing that often happens where it's like a big, a big franchise, and then when the new thing comes out and the new thing sucks, then people start kind of getting more positive on the thing that be- became that was before the new bad thing that bad thing being the rings of power yeah people like good point bringing up the hobbit like yeah at least it's not the rings of power (laughs) well type of thing the first two hobbit movies are better than rings of power battle of the five armies is worse yeah yeah they have different problems like like that's the thing the show is too bland like, even the bad parts of this are kind of, like, funny. <laughs> like, unlike Rings of Power, which is just so dull the entire time. Um, this is still a Peter Jackson movie, but... Well, I mean, these are still Peter Jackson movies. I really just had an issue with the, that third one. I mean, really. Like, Thorin, um, his, like... I guess we didn't talk much about his, like, dark transformation. I would have preferred if that was, like, more subtle. But, you know, they give him, like, this deep growly voice like you will not take my gold it's all mine it's like kind of over the top and just yeah i would have preferred like a little more subtlety there maybe maybe that's wrong of me to ask because it's a hobbit movie (laughs) made for like families perhaps but i don't know the whole thing just it needed like more depth or just more going on Um, yeah yeah incredibly hollow Hmm. i wish i liked them i I wish there was just like i wish i liked more to say about them (laughs) <laughs> yeah because yeah, it feels about like them. a waste it's kind of like bland it feels mm-hmm. like a waste because yeah. it is like yeah it's one of the like best-selling books of all time like it's such a like ingrained in pop culture story anyway like just like lord of the rings is so having like a a good adaptation of the hobbit would have been nice if they could have had the werethal and uh less greed to actually just have like a just imagine like a one like three hour like it's all from Bilbo's perspective like it's just kind of a bit more whimsical have a few more of the mm-hmm. songs in there like th- that would be a fun like accompanying project to that Lord of the Rings trilogy and instead of like the two trilogies like trying to fill the same space where that's one of, that's one of the big jokes isn't it like the, that image that's shared of um like the someone has taken the three Lord of the Rings books and put them yeah. next to each other um, <laughs> and then got a copy of The Hobbit and then the said, visual. Like, yeah, three movies out of both. And, yeah, the visual yeah. of it is Yeesh. quite telling. Um, and there's definitely yeah, that's all you need to content know. to justify it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's completely bloated. Absolutely. Disgusting. Thanks, Alex. All right. 
Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so I was, yeah, I, was I was watching the Lord of the Rings. I was going to watch them anyway. So I'm glad I finally got to see the extended ones for the first time. And you know, I'll probably never watch them again. But hey, I can say I saw them. It was yeah, it was a particular mm-hmm. level of torture that I do not wish to subject myself to ever again. <laughs> Did we give our ratings really for mad. the last one? I gave it two. I said I said three star. Yeah, I, I'm I'm lower than that probably. Um, maybe two star out of five. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, really not good. It's, it's like close to like justify. two and a half. It's insulting. Star. It's a scam. <laughs> it's an actual scam. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's pretty low, especially the extended one. I think I rate like the regular cut more so six out of ten, just because it's shorter. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely better, but. It doesn't feel like mad yeah. praise just because it's like shorter, you know. Like it's like <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I guess before we, uh, as we get get into questions, if we're all ready for that, mm-hmm. yeah, I I've got so. a question kind of relating to the Hobbit movies, just for you, Alex. Um, how uh, how do you feel about the usage of like different UK accents for different characters or species or? You know, I, I think they had like Cockney for the trolls and like Scottish mm. for the dwarves. And like, do you feel like there's a hint of like stereotype or I don't know, would we say racism? <laughs> like that's just kind of normalized in uh, I, films I, like that? I don't or? think it's like really negative stereotypes to no? me. Um, nah, it's it's more just nice having like a varied, because there is like uh, uh, the bard guy, he's Welsh and he's got his Welsh accent. You're right, the dwarves with the Scottish accent. Um, that's like a fantasy trope that's like never really bothered me, especially with a lot of these like myths kind of coming from Europe. And mm-hmm. um, mm. it just seems like it fits. Like, I definitely prefer that as opposed to like a bunch of like. Uh, like a contemporary American accents or something. You know, I think mm-hmm. the the newer Willow show is getting clowned for that at the moment. Um, what show? <laughs> like really? Uh, Willow you know, Warwick Davies uh, Willow. <laughs> There's like a TV yeah, show of it that's out at the moment. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's nothing to write home. It's just one of those eighties. Uh, it was Ron Howard properties. That, Hang on. Uh, it's just being revisited or whatever in his fantasy. Um, Weird. Yeah, no, no, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> it's also like in Game of Thrones as well. They've got like a, they do the similar thing of the the northern accents and yeah, I like it in uh-huh. a fantasy yeah, environment. Yeah. Okay, cool. I guess we'll do some other questions. I guess that's the Hobbit trilogy then, um, man. Fuck! Wow. Let's do some. Yeah, fuck. That's all I can really say. I'm so done. I'm so done with it. <laughs> yeah. Get me out of here. I didn't do anything. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of content, isn't it? Um all right then. Let's do some questions from the Sodonicast community. Head over to the suggestion thread on the subreddit. Just like uh, an actual crocodile did. You can ask us whatever you feel like. I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts on the Hobbit trilogy. My question is, have any of you read the Lord of the Rings books and or the Hobbit and or the Cimmerillion? Given that all three of you are fans of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, I'm curious what your takes are on the source material and the ways Peter Jackson diverges from it. For example, I personally like that the movie version of Aragorn is more relatable and I wish the films had included the Barrow White. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of these... Uh, 
there was a really good, I think it was a BBC project or something where like a radio version of Lord of the Rings. That I oh, loved, cool. um, that sounds listening fun. to as a kid. Um, yeah. With all, like the different voices and so expressive. Um, and I think, um, Ian Holm actually played, the uh, not Bilbo, the, the Elijah Wood character, um, can't believe I'm blank, Frodo in that, um, mm. So yeah, and I've been a fan of The Hobbit as well for a long time. So I will say, yeah, that, I haven't read them. What's it, Tom Bombadil? That's the big one that most fans of the books can agree is like a, g- a good choice to leave out of the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. <laughs> That's what's interesting about mm. the original trilogy is that it was it, it it was an adaptation that took creative liberties and did things in a really sensible way to just make a great. Mm-hmm film series out of um it didn't have to be 100 percent accurate to the books and it it's better that it wasn't you know in uh as those were being released sure there were some fans of the original source material that would be like you know why is this different or whatever but if it's different and it works better who cares you know it can succeed as its own product it can succeed as its own thing you're you know read the book still exists um I haven't read the original source material. Uh, I've heard that the Cimmerillion is a lot less like a narrative and more <laughs> almost like an encyclopedia of sort, like, like that it's a yeah, difficult read. Yeah, that's the vibe i got to. Uh, but uh, I think Gael's read parts of it. I, I don't know. I, Gael seems to be a very good uh, source for knowledge on, on Lord of the Rings related stuff. So I just kind of trust him. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if I'll ever read it. It's uh, I've got a lot of other shit to do. So yeah, yeah. The Silmarillion's just a bit too deep for me. Um, I, I can't be doing with that. Um, Three deep. <laughs> what you, Ralph? You have any experience with these? No, I haven't read them. Like- I haven't read them. <laughs> I'd like to, probably soon, since I just saw the movies. But yeah, no, I do haven't it. read them. Yeah, report yeah, back. I will. Yeah, it's worth it. And the, the differences are fun, kind of like comparing like what they do. And, cause mm. the adaptation is like a, so such an interesting challenge, you know? Cause it, yeah. It seems like you have the whole story like laid out for you and like, how could you go wrong? But then there's actually almost more room to go wrong, you know? Like, especially mm. when you're dealing with it's a, a new, with new set of challenges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What do you keep? Yeah. yeah. What do you keep? What are you willing to part what with? Cut out. Without upsetting mm-hmm. the purists. Yeah. Yeah. You have to structure it, right? Yeah. Some things don't translate from a book to a movie. They just don't. So you need to, right. You need yeah. To work well, it yeah. Out. Obviously, the, yeah. The way the story like flows is just entirely different. Um, yeah. The condensed way a, a film comes together as opposed to a book. Yeah. The way they adapted it for Lord of the Rings was great. I mean, those movies are paced perfectly. They they yeah. go by. From what I know, I mean, I think they're like a little more action heavy than like the books are. But that's that's basically all. I, I think know. some characters are actually improved in the film as well. Like I think I think Boromir is a bit more mm-hmm. going on to him. Yeah, Bofur. Yeah, little characters here and there. Chad, <laughs> Bofur, Biffa, Bomba. <laughs> <laughs> Bofur and Chad. <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite Lord of the Rings characters. 
<laughs> Chad the Wolf 3. That's the one I like. <laughs> Can the next question not be about Lord of the Rings, please? I just, I, I'm trapped in hell right now. I need to get out. <laughs> no, no, that was the last one. <laughs> okay, how about this Thank one you. then? From a no, no Juggernaut 5339. With the success of The Last of Us TV series, what film or TV series would you choose to adapt with complete creative control if you had the budget you needed to fulfill this project oh. of yours? Oh, I, I love that show. That's on. I just, the third episode was great. Haven't gotten to the third one yet, but... Uh, I just watched it. Yeah, it's definitely great the best episode. Show. Yeah, this, this, it's like exactly how you adapt I feel like it. we should talk about it when the series is... Yeah. When the season's over. It's a good adaptation. That's all I'll say. Really enjoy it so far. I think it's great. I was thinking about this because, like, yeah, I'm like, I love The Last of Us. I would adapt Bioshock. I think those make good movies. Those would make good movies. The Bioshock game. See, I'm torn on Bioshock because mm -hmm. of the whole, the universe is really cool and ripe. Yeah. But I feel like so much of, like, the punch of the story is the fact that, like, you're controlling it. So I don't know how you could yeah. adapt mm. that punch. Even with Halo, you know, there's there's stuff you could get out of it for sure. I think out of all the games I've played, yeah. probably Mass Effect seems the most ripe for creating like an interesting narrative story out of it. But Mass Effect would be a good one. Yeah. Could do like a good TV series. Yeah. Like it would it would need to be either professionally succinctly trimmed for like a trilogy of movies or something, or be a TV show with the right production yeah, value. I feel like it would have to be a show. Yeah, well, what's cool about The Last of Us is, like, because it's a TV show, they have more time. They, like, really elaborate on certain parts, which are, like, cool. You see before the infection and mm -hmm. so on. It's, like, really interesting what they how they decided to adapt it. So, yeah. I think you can adapt anything well. It's just how you do it. Yeah, the passion of people involved. I also just watched Dragon Ball Evolution to kind of compare the bad <laughs> adaptations, and yeah, that movie's fucking awful. Um, that's not that's not how you do it. It's clearly, they didn't even play the game, probably. And yeah, silly names like Goku and so on. Yeah, it's, you need good material. I feel you need like good worlds and like characters to like base it off of. Last of Us benefits from like having a good narrative too to adapt. And yeah, yeah, I feel like if you have that, you can you can do something interesting there. Yeah, like you could do something good with Halo. It's just yeah, I don't know. They haven't done it. Yeah, that's the thing because with the with yeah. like the Last of Us, um, they're almost like treating the game as like previs for the the show. It's like that faithful. Um, yeah, but they exactly. find like new angles to approach it. Um, mm -hmm. What they change is like interesting. But you said Halo, and that would be my choice, man. Um, I feel like you yeah. could, there was a time and place where you could have done something, not now, I feel like it's too late now and you've like fucked it beyond any repair, but there was a time you could have done something with it. You could have taken the imagery, the music, just the way they kind of would tell stories in those games. You could have done something with that and made it cool, like a, kind of a big spectacle, uh, you know, sci-fi action, with the military angle and the religious, you could have done something with that, you could have if you actually cared about the source material as much as like they, they do on it at, at HBO for like the last of us. Uh, yeah. What they did I feel like lucky show. that like, yeah, game I actually liked was adapted. Well, <laughs> like, Oh, it, it worked out this time. 
makes me feel bad for like yeah you guys with your halo show <laughs> how it just came out yeah yeah well, uh, yeah yeah if i it, so yeah two franchises for me if we're talking like complete creative control and also complete talent let's just imagine that i'm like some skilled you know showrunner <laughs> yeah with that caveat mm-hmm. too yeah I, that i'm like yeah, george lucas or something <laughs> you know or you know creating a a film or a TV show, it would, yeah, two two properties, Death Note and Mass Effect, would be my ones that I feel like you know I would have mm. the most grasp on what the heart of the property is and what works about it the best, you know. Just fan to art with a with a Mass Effect thing though. Would you not have a bit of the same kind of issue with the whole like? Would Shepard like be the lead character? Would he be a, a good guy or a bad guy? Like the decisions and the first of all, it would be Femshap. True. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't know. I would have to, you know, work out the kinks. I don't think that the most compelling parts about Mass Effect are whether or not you choose the Paragon or Renegade option. I think that, um, yeah. you know, the world building is far more compelling and. So you could have like a layered character. I I always play Renegade. I wouldn't want the character to be unrelatable. If let's say I was adapting it to, um, the you know television show, I would make it so that they have some character. You know they're you know not completely sociopathic or anything, uh, mm-hmm. but that they're not you know just somewhere in between. But not they they have to make tough decisions, and it's not always predictable yeah, what yeah. sort of. Uh, decision they'll go with you know i think that it should be like nuanced and interesting so all right well i guess that's that one then mm-hmm. let's do this one from a goosey mcgoose face too do chaps believe rick and morty will be able to continue without justin roiland uh they're contractually obligated to so yes <laughs> yeah what does it look like i've been trying to like think about this ever since this story dropped like because it's not just yes. Rick and Morty. Like, there's a bunch yeah. of these Royland projects that have been like popping bye off. Bye, like, bye, That game yeah. just came out. Yeah, Squanch yeah. Games of Harm Life. Uh, yeah, uh, Solar Opposites or whatever it's called. There's like a few. Yeah, he's he's like responsible for a lot of shit, and um, I I don't want to you know I I, I want to be clear. I'm not like delegitimizing any of the accusations or uh, you know any of the his bad shit that he's you know obviously shouldn't i i don't even i i didn't even look up most of the allegations right so i'm not trying to make mm. a commentary on that but what i am saying is this is a guy who's like well connected and ingrained into animation uh they just did the um uh, poloni you know halloween special where essentially it was like oh let's give like 20 different animators this spotlight to showcase their work for for hulu um you know, just he's a very um, was a very like industry connected person that gave a lot of people a lot of opportunities. And so it sucks to hear that he's like, OK, w- wow, like an actual abusive mm. piece of shit. I don't, I don't know every single accusation, but, the, you know, it seems like pretty serious and credible. So, uh, yeah, it sucks because because now we lose all of those great things that they were contributing to art. Even though, like, I'm not a fan of his whole, like, 
ad lib and do the Morty voice for every single thing that he was a part mm-hmm. of. I was, you know, I didn't yeah. play high on life specifically because of that, because it's just annoying to me. And I, I really didn't like Trover saves the universe, but fuck it. It sucks. Cause he, he was helping a lot of, you know, other animators get started in the industry. Like he was not trying to say he was a good guy. I'm just saying that, you know, there's some good things he did. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Shit sucks, man. And like mm-hmm. all, all all these products that he was kind of headlining, the, the DNA is so intertwined with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I don't really know <laughs> what they look like without him. You can get someone mm-hmm. to impersonate Rick and Morty, right? If they're mm-hmm. going to try to continue having the exact same voice anyway. But so much of the show is just him ad-libbing maybe the show will get better if he's not doing that. And, <laughs> and it's actually just like, <laughs> may, maybe the show will improve, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it won't be the same show yeah. is basically the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they sh- it should have ended a while ago personally anyway, but it's their mm-hmm. most successful yeah, show being like, that's yeah. the thing. It's such a like so ingrained in pop culture at this point. Everyone knows these characters. They were yeah. they were just in that fucking Space Jam, weren't they? Like they're everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, remind me of that shit. <laughs> the real question is, I guess you know, I guess if the show continues without him, it'll make people less ashamed to wear the merchandise. <laughs> Maybe that's the. Well, or does it not how it also it's got that. <laughs> as well now doesn't it like it does you, feel kind of weird can't remove the association yeah yeah we'll have to see where it goes yeah i, I really mm-hmm. can't it's very interesting either way mm-hmm. yeah yeah unfortunately crazy crazy they just they need to replace justin roiland with chris pratt done <laughs> instant exactly. 10 out of 10 show. it would get so much better he's exactly. so cool you shouldn't even try to do the voice. You should just do like Chris Pratt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah they start out season what, seven funny. or eight and they're like, whoa, geez, Rick, I finally went through puberty. And Rick's like, oh, my voice changed too for some reason. And then they just keep going. We went to an alternate universe where we sound like Chris Pratt now. Yeah. We killed this version of, yeah, I guess with a multiverse, you can just have any excuse. Yeah, just, they could just say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The Pratt verse. With how like self referential they are, do you think they're gonna like write it mm-hmm. into the show? I think or they're gonna have to unless that? they've got like an identical sounding voice. I think that's gonna be the only way to do it. I feel like that's a bad idea. Yeah, I feel I feel like even if they have an identical voice, they'll still like acknowledge it somehow. It's like the whole style. They just keep you know? moving on. <laughs> Rick and Morty will be played by Maya Rudolph now. That's a good idea. <laughs> oh, nice. Like, a, yeah, like the M&M. Nice. Cool. Exactly. Hell yeah. Who are they going to get? What's funny is Dan, Dan Harmon's like, doesn't have a great <laughs> history either, morally, ethically. Yeah, he's quite controversial. He's, he's kind of a, himself. He's, he's been kind of a shitbag too. I guess not to the level of, what was it? Domestic assault and like sexting 16 year olds or something like i don't even i haven't looked into this shit i have so much other shit i gotta do it sucks trying to stay aware of who's getting canceled for what fucking Mm -hmm. ezra miller's still creeping around i guess like it's hard to keep track of when in like (laughs) the same week it's what like uh callahan and then this yeah fuck everybody's getting canceled (laughs) yeah 
All my friends are canceled, don't you know? All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to add to this. It'll be very different. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess yeah. maybe, maybe it'll yeah. be the same I or just... better. It makes it, it makes me want to see the show and what they do. Like, I guess someone will post clips on Twitter. Maybe I won't even have to watch an episode. But yeah. The morbid curiosity of it. I stopped before season four. I watched all the way up to the end of season three and then I did not continue because I just didn't feel like yeah. I needed to. I think I got to about halfway through four and then I stopped. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of the same over and over. Mm-hmm. But wubble up the dub dub. I'm suddenly a cast rig. I've turned into a sardonic cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh my all right God. we got time for one more all right should we do one more here um another one from goosey mcgooseface can round off the golden raspberry awards recently struck off 12 year old ryan kira armstrong's nomination for worst actress in the firestarter remake following backlash and condemnation former child actor drew barrymore who was nine when she starred in the original film called it bullying Obviously, you gentlemen are no strangers to criticizing bad child performances, but is it right to hold a child's performance on par with an adult and thus mock its poor performance? It, is it indeed a form of bullying to nominate a child as a candidate for the year's worst acting? Um, I would only say yes, because the Razzies are not a serious organization trying to accurately judge the worst performance in a year anyway. If they were actually That's serious about how they nominated and it was like some sort of stringent process of like, okay, we're actually watching, you know, the worst movies of the year and this is how we actually feel, then it would be totally fine if that's the conclusion they came to. But I'm pretty sure you can just like you pay a fee and you can vote for the Razzies. Like, I, I think you can just like, I I, I think that's how yeah, it's it works. Like, like an official I think anybody can do it. Like, I don't, I don't even think it's a real serious organization. Like they just one year they nominated yeah. every Bruce Willis movie or something, and then they apologized for that too when they found out he had like a brain problem. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of uh, when uh, Kevin A. Wallace was nominated for fuck, I forget what that movie was called. Uh, she was like a nine year old at the Oscars or something. The Onion tweeted out, "Okay, <laughs> I guess I'm, we're going to say what everyone's thinking." Kevin yeah. A. Wallace is kind yeah. of a C word that gets you demonetized that. on yeah. YouTube, and they apologize for that too. I, I thought that, that was pretty funny, but uh huh. Um, oh, I see. Was that the onion? That was the onion, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the onion. But that's satire. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, people talk about the Razzies all the time. I wish they would just ignore them because the Razzies are like they're a not fucking joke. Serious. Like, I hate the Razzies. Yeah, they're. I just hate them, but <laughs> they don't provide anything meaningful to any discourse. No, it's just so played out. Yeah, but it's just been around for so long, and they don't, like, do anything. Yeah. Like, I think this year they gave it to Blonde. The Oscars are more legitimate than the Razzies, and I, I think the Oscars are, like, often trash. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Razzies just doesn't justify its existence in any way. Like, there's no point yeah, to it Yeah, Razzies existing. Awards. Uh-huh. Razzie Awards nominates, nominations, Blonde leads film with films with eight nods. Yeah, so it got nominated eight times. Yeah, like, who gives a shit? <laughs> they nominated, like, really? Shelley Duvall for The Shining, you know? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay. The only time I thought the Razzies were funny was when Holly Berry came on to accept her award for Catwoman. Yeah. Mm. And then blamed her agent and then stopped appearing in movies <laughs> for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's, you could turn the Razzies into something more fun but i guess like i don't like it just seems like this weird like they're not nominating the worst movies of the year anyway they're nominating the most popular no, they're worst not. movies of the year exactly popular mm. right like i don't know bryce dallas howard seemed like the only one that was even trying in the new jurassic world so i don't know why she was nominated yeah you know yeah it's, it's just, just it's just mean and pointless yeah it's, just, it's so unserious like it. that it literally is just an organization that's just it it feels mean-spirited because it doesn't seem like they're serious about it anyway seems like that's the only point no it like yeah exactly they're like a bunch of trolls yeah you know they're like a bunch of trolls like do you even like movies yeah it kind of feels like when we're talking about those like you know those lists like certain websites make and like how much of it is just to like get attention and get the Razzie's name uh you know some some eyes yeah yeah stupid yeah like didn't they they nominated just like real life people did they nominate like rudy giuliani and like the borat movie or something like just these weird kind of like meme (laughs) oh they did do something like that didn't they these meme nominations that are just like okay you're not taking this seriously Mm-hmm. What's the point? They just make fun of a celebrity. They find like a couple celebrities they want to poke fun at for that year, right? It's like Adam Sandler, Eddie Murphy. They just like, let's poke fun at them for the year mm. and then move on. It's like, that's all they do. Not even the illusion that it's like any kind of legitimate thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They seem more interested in just prodding at celebrities yeah. than anything to do with the movies, to be honest. Yeah. If it was like they were actually picking the worst movies of the year, then it then would actually be helpful. Could be like, That'd oh, be interesting. Which movies to... Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I would like to... If you wanted like, to curate the worst <laughs> movies, and even if you had some sort of like qualification, like it had to be in a... Th- it had to have a theatrical run. That's like a low bar, right? That would be an interesting thing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. You could have got like a panel... I think someone should do that. Someone fucking replace the Razzies. Get a better award show. Yeah. Like, we could do that. We could have, like, a panel of, like, YouTube people <laughs> to yeah. decide on the worst And you can have year. a worst awards show category, and every year you nominate the Razzies, and they win. <laughs> yeah. It's always a tie between the Razzies and the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> 420 Awards is, uh... They're making some interesting choices this year by not releasing their awards show at all. <laughs> they forgot to do it. <laughs> yeah. Very, very bold, creative choice. <laughs> I think they scrapped it. Yeah. No, there's a few hopefuls left. Don't, don't crush their dreams. <laughs> I, Sorry, everybody. We're closer to next year's 420 than last year's, so... I don't know what's going on. Sad state. Maybe he'll announce it. That's that's kind of funny. So yeah, I guess short. You could make some. Uh, I, I want to include the perspective at least that, like, yeah, you know, if you're a child actor, you shouldn't be shielded from criticism. You're like on the world stage. You know, whether or not it's them being responsible for being there or their parents being there. Um, typically, when I criticize child performances i'm not criticizing 
the child being like, oh, my God, how can they how can they not act better? I'm not criticizing the child's abilities. I'm criticizing Mm. the adults for casting a child without the proper abilities in the role, because that's what it like. The child isn't responsible for being hired for the film. They were just in the film. So if if their performance is unconvincing, it's it's on the adults. It's on the people that cast them. It's on, you know, the parents. Yeah. Casting director. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's who the blame falls on. So I want to make that clear, but yeah, at, at the same time, I would agree. It does feel mean spirited from the Razzies. It's just cause it's pointless. <laughs> like you did, there's no reason you needed to do that. It would have been the same if you didn't. Right. Well, we're like, yeah, yeah. we have yeah. opinions. We have like tastes. Like I don't just shit on every movie. I have movies that I like. <laughs> wow. Like, mm. That's just all they do. They just shit on every movie. It's just, yeah pointless is the word for it yeah all right i guess that about does it for questions (laughs) yep i I guess so (laughs) ta-da whose recommendation is it let's think it's yours it's yours i think death to smoochie that's right that's your goddamn right it's mine death to smoochie (laughs) finally i can remove that from mine now then because i was gonna do it it's just so quick (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah, just came right out with it (laughs) people were asking for it so which death to smoochie though? What year is it? The one from nineteen twenty-seven or? Oh yeah, are you watching yeah. the extended cut? <laughs> yeah, there's only two thousand two. Oh, it's that recent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's one film called Death to Smoochie. It's directed by Danny DeVito, two thousand two. Uh, we're gonna figure out what the fuck this nice. shit is. <laughs> we're gonna figure out what's going <laughs> <No> on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm scared terrified I'm i know scared. it's like barney <laughs> yeah i know that's why i'm terrified fuck <laughs> and also it looks weird all right um if you don't want to be spoiled for death to smoochie watch it before the next episode comes out <laughs> these episodes come out every two weeks uh you can listen to them early by going to sardonicast.com sign up for premium it's only two dollars a month or go to patreon.com slash sardonicast same deal we got merch, link in the description. We have a Sardonicast Highlights channel. Go check it out. Go subscribe. It's on YouTube. Uh, it should be a link in the description as well. And I think, I, I believe I did not forget anything, actually. Um, so, here we are. Oh, yeah. Uh, why don't we... Uh, why don't we Why don't we drag on this fucking podcast for another, like, six hours in the true fashion of fucking Hobbit <laughs> movies? Jesus Christ. I'm so yeah. mad. Yeah. Let's say. Just another extra hour. I'm glad to be done with it. So it is, yeah, the wrong type of adventure. Thanks for listening, everybody. The journey has just begun. Happy Shrek or something. Bye. Happy Hobbit. Forever. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 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 Goodbye. The end.